Jam-packed to the rafters. Let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. Episode 210 of Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is our Season 21 finale, and it is Monday, February the 1st, 2021. As always, I'm Joe Murata, joined by Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy diddy. Quinn, we are starting a new month, but we are ending a season, a fun season it's been. What a weird thing. Beginnings and endings all in one day. A lot of things going on here, folks. And uh, as always, we're going to romp you through the world of retro wrestling and maybe even something else later on when Mm. we review something interesting. Uh, But I'll tell you what, before we get to any of that, you can see something interesting if you go to at OVP podcast on Twitter. The reason you might want to follow us there, Quinn, is because we have the clips. We got all the clips. Um, every single clip, it's just sitting in our VCR yep. caddy right. outside. Uh, somebody rolls it in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we then post them to the Twitter. About a dozen clips or so on a daily basis. Drama-free wrestling clips. You just go over there at OVP Podcast on Twitter. It's a really fun time. You can also email the show if you want to at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. That is Podcast at gmail.com. But Quinn, the best place if fans want to talk to you and me and hundreds of other retro wrestling fanatics is where? Facebook.com slash beginnings. Yes, new or beginnings. En- or, en- or endings. There's two addresses. Be- oh, slash shit. beginnings or endings. They all take you to the same place? They all, yeah, you can do put both after your slash and nope. then you're in. So after you put the slash, what happens there? So so there's a search bar okay. at, the, at the slash. Right. Yeah, that's what they say. A search bar at the slash and you type in our vantage point. Dash, retro wrestling podcast, bing, bang, boom, tubes, gore, kaflui. Yep, all that stuff. And you hit the you, join button, obviously. Okay, so you join the group, and then what do you do? Like, once you're in the group, I guess you just talk about retro wrestling? Yeah, so you can talk about retro wrestling, um, okay. all my children, um, mm-hmm. and other things. Old TV, ALF Season 3 themes. Yeah, that's yeah, a big one. All, all sorts of stuff over there, but you know what? There's yeah. one big rule. Oh, what is um, it? And don't be a dunderhead. Don't be a dunderhead. Right. And what we really mean by that, in all seriousness, is we have a group where you just get to talk about stuff. We know not everyone has the same opinions on old wrestling or old right. all my children and Alf theme songs. But season that, three, <laughs> but, but, season <laughs> season three. Thank you. But that's okay. The whole point is that you don't be a dunderhead, meaning you don't have personal attacks. You don't get all up in arms. Oh, someone likes Bret Hart more than they like Shawn Michaels. You don't have to call him an asshole about it. I mean, it. it's not still you know? 1998 or yeah. whatever. <laughs> you just have fun talking about, debating, and discussing retro wrestling, and that is on our Facebook group. And a quick shout out to our Patreon because it is a new month. Mm-hmm. And on patreon.com slash OVP podcast, that's where you get the extra stuff. We have a new pay-per-view review coming out very soon. And Quinn, it's going to be WrestleMania 8. The, the Hustlemania? The Hustlemania 8. The, from, in the Hoosier Dome? From the Hoosier Dome. It's also the apex of that creative renaissance that they had starting yeah. in like the fall of 91. Because after that, they, they, they start to... Taper a little, a little taper. Yeah. So if you want to taper on over to patreon.com slash OVP podcast, you can get all of our WWF pay per view reviews. Right now, it's WrestleMania 1 through Royal Rumble 92 and very soon WrestleMania 8. That's five bucks a month. There's a lot of stuff on there. Check it out. Patreon.com slash OVP podcast. But Quinn, we are wrapping up our opening segment for the season, which I've had a lot of fun with. And it's a great time. It has been. Mm-hmm. And I want to thank once again 
Dan Lopez for even suggesting this to begin with because it really this ended up being really good. It actually, turned out to be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. We've been taking your suggestions all season long, but this one is a Quinn and I a collaboration here, and this has been a segment where we've talked about things in wrestling that maybe had promise or potential and didn't work out, or things that seemed like a bad idea and obviously didn't work out. It's a segment we have called "What Went Wrong." <laughs> Okay, so it's the last thing, Joe. Who who is it? Okay, I'll finally tell you, Quinn. It is. Oh, see now you know. Thanks. You're welcome. All right, so Quinn, like we said, this is a collaboration between the two of us. Hot button issue, obviously. Very hot. Let's talk about it, Quinn. What went wrong with wrestling? Hmm. <laughs> a lot of things. I just wanted to make a kind of like a. I, can, I would say a eulogy for myself because wrestling is dead and I just want to make this kind of like the eulogy. What a, what a thing to say on a wrestling <laughs> show. What went wrong with wrestling? It's over, everyone. Goodbye, everybody. Yeah. See you later. Can I be clear about the premise here? Yeah. I know people still watch the current product, People like fans of ours, and I'm not right. putting that down. I'm not besmirching anyone, and I'm not the type that hate watches where I like watch and then just like say it sucks. I currently don't watch, and I don't believe you are right now either, Quinn, right? It's probably like the lowest time Lowest interest. Very low interest. And I I know maybe we're dating this maybe in two years. It will be back to its old self and good and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right now. mm. Again, I'm not putting anyone down for watching it. If you watch it because you like it, that's awesome. That's why you should watch it, right? Of course, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, And I know that there's still good things to be found, but... Let's be honest here. Over the last literally 20 years in right. the WWF, WWF at the time, ratings have gone down steadily, yeah, trending it's downward a, it's for 20 years. a constant years. Right. thing, right? And they say, Quinn, the wrestling business, this is one that's thrown around, the wrestling business is cyclical. You know, everybody that has the argument that rest, the wrestling business is cyclical, um, yes and no. But what is the cycle then? The when, cycle. When there, does it go up again? Here's then? the problem: is there was two, there was two or three cycles. There's and, the '50s wrestling boom. That's one right. cycle. Then there was the '80s cycle. Then there was the '90s cycle, which is like the first time, probably in their entire history, that there was two cycles like side by side. Right. Like, and then like it just never recovered ever. So, so as the, far as like, <laughs> what I want to say is, as far as like, listen, I understand they have like little bursts of interest and things are interesting, but they never have this what we were used to back then of just like this just immersion like, where you just can't escape wrestling and every you need to watch like it every episode right. you're like i need to go to the next one right that's more what we're talking about i'm not talking about wwe making money clearly they are that's, I mean, that's not what of, i mean that's part of the freaking problem is they're making too much money and they have no right they've become they became like no pun intended a titan <laughs> to the point where, like, no, nothing can actually, like, stop them stop them anymore, so they don't have to care. Right. You yeah, know what no, I mean? That's true. And again, I'm not putting down the booming independence, you know, over the last decade or so. I'm not putting down AEW for doing what they do. I'm not putting down Impact Wrestling for still being at it and, and even teaming up with AEW. I that, gotta hand it to, by the way, can we just for one second hand it to Impact for still existing? Yeah, no, fuck yeah. Like, I can't believe they, like, 
took what was left after like the Harris brothers own part of the company or whatever happened. Yeah, I did not they, see like, that coming. They kind of like kept it going or yes, whatever. They, like, <laughs> they kept the ship afloat. Right, right. Who would have ever thought that that Jeff Jarrett piece of crap would have ah. like survived till 2021 it's still? Uh, yeah, no, good for them. So we're not talking about, you know, obviously the companies are still in business. Fans still watch it. That's not what I mean. What I'm talking about is what Quinn alluded to is there was booms and there was obviously a boom in the early 20th century as well. Right. And then in the 50s, 80s, 90s, right? Today's wrestling heroes are everywhere. But the mainstream appeal, the drawing in of people from all walks of life, that is what has decreased. That is what has went wrong. And that's what I want to try to put our fingers on here. I want to pose a question to, to you, Quinn. And I hear this one said a lot. No new stars. Now, that's... That's okay. That's actually a big criticism I have about it. The WWE being the biggest draw and not allowing, I guess, or wanting anyone to be bigger than the brand. First of all, the real fundamental problem right now is no new star. No Hogan. No John Cena or fucking Austin and shit. Or like Rock. I don't know what happened, but basically, like, when they did John Cena... Something went on and they just never decided to build anyone ever again to, to the extent that they did with John Cena, which was a traditional guy that goes from like the mid card title to the world title and, and it like, hangs on top and for hangs a long on time. top and he's awesome. And he and received so much backlash and criticism during that period of time, too. But Cena says he's never going to turn heel. How is that not ruining a potential uh, uh like you know exactly what's going to happen with Cena. Yeah, but the thing is, is you know? that what was going on needed to happen or he wouldn't be this like legendary figure, right? It's yes. like which which it's almost like the WWF doesn't want to take that flack ever again. Well, and they don't want to lose someone. Yeah. You know, they don't want to have someone be such a big draw that they can hop over to AEW. Yeah, but perhaps, here's the thing is John, else. John Cena, what's interesting about him is he could have jumped to Hollywood whenever the hell he wanted and he mm, didn't. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. I think it's more about identifying somebody with enough character to like say like, okay, we're going to make you, but like you you got to stick with us. Don't, like don't screw us. Basically. It's tough though. Yeah. I know. That's the thing. They can't sign a contract to say that, you know, right. but like, because obviously it would expire at some point. But like, <laughs> I'm saying like, they really haven't given us a Hogan-esque figure since John Cena. And I think that's part of the problem. None, none of the company is grounded around somebody at all. No, and I think that's intentional. Yeah. That's clearly intentional. Now, they tried that, and this dovetails into another problem here. They tried that with Roman Reigns in 2015. Right. right? Now, we're talking about like around Royal Rumble 15, mm-hmm. when the big push had really been in, in full gear. And I think one of their... I think this really did, and I could be wrong, but I think what turned a lot of people off is that for a period of time there in 2015 16 they were sh- they were and I hate to use this term because I know that Roman Reigns is a very talented performer I don't he's good yeah, yeah. but that's not who the fans seem to be clamoring for no and but I mean it, that was also timing too because it was like Daniel Bryan was becoming a big deal during that time and they wanted CM Punk and like they they were the fans were still mad about, like Roman Reigns came in between this weird time where the fans they liked what CM Punk gave them. Yeah. But he was gone and Roman Reigns was there. But then also but they, they were like, Daniel they were like, well, Daniel Bryan's kind of like the next best thing to that. Right. Right. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like he was like sandwiched in between and he was built up at like the exact wrong time for everything. Let me ask you a question then. And this is this might again be indicative of their thought process and we can't fault them. They're still making money. But the fans wanted Daniel Bryan during that period of time. Right. If they had gotten him, wouldn't there just be the usual backlash like there always is and let me let me frame that here 
the fans wanted Becky Lynch as women's champion. Remember, mm-hmm. and she won WrestleMania, right? The fans wanted Kofi Kingston yes. as world champion, and they got that. But no matter what happens, I feel like the complaints start immediately. Even right. when they give you what you want. What it's, is going on there? It's because when they finally give you what you want, it's not even it's not just the fans' fault, no, but right. it, it's also the I the when they give you what you want, there seems to be the WWE like they gave us what we wanted with for example Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? But I they knew so, how to yeah. follow up on it. Like it's like when they got Daniel Bryan to the point like it's not really their fault in this case cuz he got hurt. Yes, I but know. But like even so, it's like immediately they started putting him with like Kane, like nobody cared. Like that's true. Like that if that was indicative of what they what the hell they were going to do with finally having like a person that everybody was universally in agreement they wanted. Right. Like then you just saw the writing on the wall. It's like they don't know they don't know literally how to write when they when everyone has what they want. Yeah, okay, maybe like, that's a good point. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I think that they've done like Brock Lesnar for example. Half the people, it feels like, hated the fact that Brock Lesnar from UFC, you know, coming in and getting this like superstar contract and making limited appearances. And half the people think it's great because he did do great work. There's no way around it. Brock was good in what he was supposed to be doing. Yeah. But does that leave a sour taste in people's mouths that he's in his 40s and comes in and you know what I'm saying? I didn't hate it. I liked it. To me, that was a band-aid to the fact that they didn't have stars. Yeah. That's what I always felt. It wasn't anybody's fault other than that, like, they wouldn't. They just refuse to build up somebody people want it. Like, I don't get it. Well, here's another thing, Quinn, that goes along with this. What really happens anymore in wrestling? Nothing. Nothing. It's all in all seriousness. I don't mean that to be derogatory, but with all this programming, it's all the same, I feel like. Well, okay. So, uh, from what I've noticed in the last year, it's like they're, they're starting to like reshape that because they, because of the COVID, right? What I've noticed, like in from an aside, is that they're going for a more cinematic feel because that's all they can do. Yeah, because like, they don't have fans in the so, audience. I so, understand. So they're that. like in this weird situation where they're like filming weird, like vignette but matches. Yeah, I know. Like you know what I mean? Like sure. because it, which is more like Lucha Underground style, yeah. which is really weird. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if it works with WWE because they're too big. They can't like pull off that weirdness. Right. Right. Like you know what yeah, I mean? It feels forced. Yeah. Like the John Cena when he fought Bray Wyatt in like um, like this really cinematic WrestleMania match, right? Like, where right. they were like teleporting to different places. And they have like stuff. callbacks to Saturday Night's main event, like yeah. all this weird shit. Yeah, and it's like it's an, it's an artistic it was, achievement. Listen, in my I mind. thought it was cool. Yes, but it was it's like not fucking not, wrestling. The problem is you can't do that every week because it takes no, like actual like somebody's got to write that whole fucking elaborate right. segment, and union they have to like boy and yeah, grips. To, like, yeah, so it's like it's not that's like a union crew <laughs> exactly. So it's not something you could do each week. It's cool, but Lucha Underground clearly like it was different. They. They had planned things out for an entire season, true, right? True. Because they work on a season. That's thing. what they did. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hopefully you can help me articulate this, Quinn, because this is another thing that I have felt for years and I've watched on and off for years. Right. Help me articulate this. There's so much programming and let's even go back to pre, you know, COVID and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Just the last 10 years. Right. There's so many matches. Mm -hmm. You see a lot of the same people every Monday. Raw is three hours. And I know that that's just the way it is. They can't just, Vince can't just be like, okay, we're going to two. It's gotten so you bad. USA's going to be like, no. It's gotten so bad that they Vince can't shut off the three no, hours anymore. That's like, their deal. How weird is that? They used to struggle to get programming and now they're like in this weird position where they can't even, well, they can't even like lower it. Right. Because well, they still make money for USA. Yeah. They have contract, that's the way it goes. Right. But, and that's probably that contract's by keeping them alive with no live shows. Possibly. Anymore. <laughs> like literally that worked out. Possibly. Huh? So there's that aspect of it, right? 
we have a whole new generation of wrestlers. This is not the 80s anymore. I mean, obviously guys from that era crop up, but only on like reunion nights right. or whatever. It's, it's not Goldberg, it's, it's Gilbert. It's- but am I wrong in saying that while there are different wrestlers and they look different and uh-huh. they have different names and they have different music, doesn't everything just kind of feel the same no it's matter very, who's doing samey. it? It's Other than, okay, I want to say this, and I don't know if this is controversial or anything, but ever since they've decided that the women's division is like on co-equal footing, there's it's not the women's fault, it's not the men's fault, but it's WWE and not understanding how to do two things at once. Right? You really think so? Yes. And what I've noticed resulted in with this, right, is because they were so focused on building up the women's division. The women actually, it's more very individual, big personalities, and it's it's what the men used to be. The men have relegated into this samey, like, everyone's the same bullshit. Like, and I feel like it's really because they just, they don't know how to focus on two things. Maybe. I, I really think that's part of the problem. That might be part of it. I like, f- they should be able to, with a company of that size, they should be able to support two and, like, understand how to write both of them true but they don't right no i know what you mean i've seen the men's division really suffer during this time because of the lack of focus on it possibly yeah no, like, i get what you mean i get what you're saying yeah uh, i know some people hate when they bring back part-timers some right. people love it but again nothing is making more people watch on a consistent basis right right again this goes back to what i was saying about everything kind of feeling the same please understand my intentions with this statement but wrestling for me has never just been about good matches. No. That is part of it. I like a good wrestling match, but if that is all there is, then why am I going to keep watching just good... If it's just everything is a good match, then what What do you, What changes? What yeah. hooks you? What drives you? Like in a movie, I don't watch just for good acting. At some point, it can't... It can't like I like the, good acting. They like the entire industry succumbed to the Meltzer thought of things, and like it's really annoying. Actually, like I hate that. Like every match has to start with like ah, big fire feel, and like <laughs> it's like no, like why? What happened? I I know I say this like every couple of years, but what the fuck just happened to squashes? Like why are they not there anymore? Because if you put it on TV, people are going to complain. Oh my god! You know like, what I mean? But they don't. Un- people. Everyone's getting buried. You can't squash anyone because no, then they're getting buried, that's Quinn. Not the, that's not the That's freaking, what people say. But the, the, you don't have to have your stars get buried. I'm saying get have but, Joey Jabroni over here come in and get his ass whooped. But, Quinn, even back in the mid-90s and early 90s, you had, you know, star quote-unquote stars that lost on TV all the time. You know, they weren't... They don't do that now. When they do, people complain about it. I want... <laughs> I want... 600 matches and I want that <laughs> I want them all to be squashes and short and, and like all like literally I get to see every wrestler's like special move I get to see them dominate I get to do them see them do this a couple weeks in a row right before the pay-per-view so that I know that oh look this guy is fucking awesome or whatever instead if we have all these like mini main events every that are Roll pay-per-view up, qual- distraction it's finishes like, you're like <laughs> diminishing the guy before he gets to the show I know like you know what I mean yes. like and I know I know we always say this but this like this structure is part of the problem why there's no stars yeah no it is here's another thing i think that they have just succumbed to for 20 something years now we've talked about it on the boards in light of austin mcmahon Mm -hmm. enough with the authority figure shit 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome some of the greatest general managers in the 25-year history of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I don't I feel like care it's anymore. A little bit. It has, yeah. but, but we're talking about the general trend for 20 years. That ran its course <laughs> 20 years ago. Yeah. Not, like, why? Why do we... Do, they don't have anything booked ahead of time? Yeah. What is this? Why does everyone just come out with a mic and talk so much? What, why is there so much talking? It's, it's, what I don't understand is, like, even when they diminish the authority figure, they still have one. Why? Why do we even... Like, remember in 1983, where, like, Mishma's Shima. there... Or whatever, but like nobody even like has ever seen him yes. ever. Like it doesn't matter. Or like even Tubby, there's a point when everyone's mad at him, but he's not on every show. I know. Like he's he's there like three times a year. Yes. And they're all bitching about him. But they got this in their heads. I think I don't want to speak for anyone. I don't work there, but it seems like they got it in their heads after Austin McMahon that the only way to make adversity and create tension with your top star, with your top face, yeah. was to have a heel GM try to fuck with them. But they did that for so long. It's not that they so think it's... So long. It's not that they think it's the only way. It's they think it's the best way. But it isn't. That's, that's the problem. It's not. They, now, like, I saw the other day, I'm like, why is Adam Pierce that fucking NWA jobber guy like from the the early 2000s? Why is he an authority figure? Know, what, is the, is. what is going on over here? Like, I don't care about the I don't care about any of these authority people anymore. The last time it was good outside in my mind of Austin McMahon yeah. was when it was Bischoff as the general. Like he was at least that was good. It was but a, even then. It was the last bastion of it. Yeah, like, it, it was, was just like it and didn't work as much. Well. The problem is, is that ultimately everyone knows. Well, Vince McMahon, I like, know it's the is the king of the it's company. Why it like, worked when it was Vince? Yeah, it's no. like <laughs> even if it's Stephanie, I know she's not like calling all of the shots. No. I know Vince is in the background micromanaging. Like, no, say this, Stephanie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care. You also hit on a great point: micromanaging. For a long period of time, until like probably the last ten years, everything was authentic. A lot, I mean, things were produced, things yep. were coached, right? Mm -hmm. But people had more free. The wrestlers had more freedom. I feel like the commentators had more freedom. The promos had more freedom. And now they literally tell you where to stand and which angle to, which camera to look at for the crowd. You know why that's not not ever going to change? It's ever never going to change. You why? Know, because because of the NXT system. That's what I mean. Because they. They train them basically to follow orders now or something like they don't train them to to like actually like do things on their own. I hate to say it, but it's like a mill. It's just a mill now. Yeah. Whereas you had guys and this is maybe part of the problem back in the 80s coming up through the territory systems, having to figure their shit out on their own. Right. And figure out what gets over before they ever even make it. Near the you WWF. can make that happen if you just say in NXT, you say, okay, um, we're going to teach you how to wrestle and just fucking figure your character yeah, out. Yeah, but like, they don't. We'll help you. Yeah, but like, they but, don't. Like, instead, they, they help too much. They're like, they're like, no, you're going to be this guy and we're going to do 70 promos in a room and we're going to practice this right. shit. And it's like, what the fuck? Like... Roddy Piper used to just say whatever the fuck was on his mind. So did Randy Savage. Whether so did a lot of guys. Whether it work or not. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Some of those promos sucked ass. Like, I, they would make no sense. Of course they did. Like, but it was like, that but, was the fun of it, because it felt like, oh, he's authentic. A couple of things I'm going to do. I'm going to eat a garage. <laughs> yes. Uh, authenticity is something I do feel is lacking. And you know what? When they do hit upon authenticity, mm -hmm. it still draws people in. I'm going to give you a couple of quick examples off the top of my head. I'm going to start with the Daniel Bryan thing in 2014. He felt authentic. That yeah. was authentic, right? Because it was. It was actually authentic. It was organic, right? Ronda Rousey. 
that felt big to people. That felt important to yep. people. Because oh, she wasn't corrupted by the right. NXT system. Brock Lesnar, that felt real to people. Because he, he was, didn't come up through that shit. And you notice all this? You know, none of them came through that right. shit. Becky Lynch, whether you like her or not, that was organic. That right. was authentic. Even, you know, here's a perfect example right now. Of and Kofi, guy, let me just throw in Kofi also. Yeah, of a guy who's authentic because they didn't they didn't water him down through NXT first. AJ Styles, he just came the fuck in. That was big too. He came the fuck in and he didn't like, they didn't say like, oh, learn how to stand here, AJ, yeah. in, in front of the camera. Yes. Like, it's like, I fucking, he's been doing this for 30 years or right. some shit. That's what all I'm trying to get at. Yeah. It's like anybody that doesn't go through that is better. <laughs> Like it used to seem like if you at the very beginning, it used to seem like it was cool if you went through that. But then you started to see, OK, when they go through that. Right. It's cool when they're in there because they haven't been fucking corrupted yet. Yeah, right. right. But when they get out of there, all of a sudden, everything they do in the main product sucks ass because they've they've like had all their authenticity like ripped out of them before they like made it through. Yeah. And they can still they can still shake that. But it could take a really long time. And at what expense? For example, Roman Reigns. I want to get back to him. Yeah. Tremendous performer and the heel work, because I've seen a little bit of it. I'm just not watching all the time. He's tremendous in that role, but it took him from 2014 start of the overpush yeah. until they finally did something with them that was good for him. Because he was forced to change. Yeah. Like he was forced to not be Mr. Robot Man right. from like NXT that they trained him to be. That's all. It's nothing how, against how him. How have we full circled and gotten to that point? Because at first NXT was thought to be a great idea, but over time I've seen how it it strips them of all anything unique about them by the time they get over to the main roster. Yeah, I know. And you know what the problem is? Well, problem in some people's minds. The reason they're never going to change that is because they are still making money. So they what well, because is, they can you know? they get they also can get a cheaply produced other program out of it that people enjoy to watch. Well, that's like, true. You too, know what right? I mean? Now I want to go back to uh, another point here, and you touched upon it with the Meltzer culture. And again, I appreciate Dave Meltzer as a historian. I really mm-hmm. do. I, I honestly do. I like to make fun of him for the way he can't complete a sentence without he can't say hi without I saying. Think, um. I think he, I don't blame Meltzer for the spreading of like his mentality or whatever because there's no way he could have thought that this guy in a stupid fucking like newsletter that would like that everything he would say would eventually like the industry would like and there'd be all these imitators and copycats exactly. and everything. Like right. there's no way he could have thought that he could right. have thought I'm just writing this. It's my opinion. Whatever. And he has right? fun with it. And he makes money. It was great. Right. Exactly. It's fine. Exactly. I don't but, blame him for that. Uh, yeah, it's. I can't blame him. It's not his fault that now all of a sudden everyone is saying it's got to be the way Meltzer says or whatever. But the thing is, is now I feel like, and I have been this person, and I try not to be anymore. People are more fans of the booking than they are of what's going on screen. Because nothing's going on. on well, screen. I was going to say, I think there's <laughs> equal blame to be shared there because when something authentic and organic does happen, you get caught up in it. And, right. and you don't care about the booking anymore. You just want your favorite to win. And I think at its core, wrestling was always about drawing people into conflict. Right. And you wanted to see who was going to win. The best things that I'm always involved in have a good story, good character, good emotional. And I want to know who's going to win. And I want to see who's going to win. Right. I like a good match, but I don't I want. I care more about getting to the match 
than the good match. The best case scenario is if you have a good buildup and a good match. Let's like, get a good example. Like for of example, that. like Ricky Steamboat versus the Macho Man, right? Like the buildup is great, it's throw it all, you're never gonna come back, right. blah, blah, blah. And then like he comes back and it's like the greatest fucking match ever. But by the same token, even a Hogan Andre, the buildup, the anticipation, the match, who cares? It can, by that it point? can make up for it, right? Because right? if the buildup's good. Who's gonna win? But then another one, you said Savage Steamboat, what about Brett Austin? Yeah. Same thing. The buildup, the story, the emotional investment, the characters and the match pays off yeah and you say all that here's the here's the one thing what went wrong with wrestling another little thing that i noticed i feel like they do that sometimes where like they have a good story but sometimes it's like far too convoluted and like it takes way too many steps to get to it right it's like they've fallen into the trap of like because they've done simple stories for so long and their fans were like oh i want complex stories that sometimes it's like it's really hard for somebody to flip on the pay-per-view and like for example find out that bray wyatt abducted Alexa Bliss or whatever the fuck happened and now, funny though, now right? that she's a now she's a weird Bray Wyatt follower but then there's, no all, then there's all this weird crossover with like Randy Orton and like but it's not just him and like I'm just very confused mm. by what I mean is there's too many like things like it's just it's not somebody's fucking throat got fucked up by this guy illegally and now they're gonna fight yeah or it's not i betrayed you because i mean they do betrayals but they happen so frequently that you know they don't matter anymore right you know whenever somebody tag teams now they'll betray them eventually what is that by the way like what that should happen like once in a while (laughs) you know what i I know i know every time every single time it's like look superstar a is tag team with superstar b they're best friends oh can't wait till they break up i know like it's just known we've just seen so many tricks you know but yeah you mentioned randy orton and i want to talk about him but it made me think of something randy orton is an example of someone that has been around for so long that it reminded me of you look at 10 years ago and yes there's different people but nothing feels different Right. That's all I mean. I know the roster's different. I had great matches, all that shit. Good for you. The difference between 1980 and 1990, the difference between 1990 and 2000, and mm-hmm. even 2000 and 2010. Yeah. But I now, know they're just year markers, but the, the yeah. part is they're 10 years apart. But look at the look at the presentation. Yeah. The, the feel of the commentator. The actual commentators themselves, some of them yeah. are still the same. I get that. You know, nothing, people, <laughs> nothing has changed since 2000. It's unbelievable. It's just weird <laughs> to me that Nothing feels fresh, and again, there's various reasons for that, and I want to make it once again very clear. If you still watch the current product because you enjoy it, I do think that's great. The reason I don't watch it is I just have no interest in it. The reason I have no interest in it is because I feel like every match is predictable. They're going to do a dive to the outside. We're going to go to commercial. The moves. (laughs) Michael Cole's voice is going to get a little more high-pitched or whatever. Yeah, The moves... The moves feel more cooperative to me. You know, a lot of I hate to say that. That used to be something I could never do this. Something I didn't mind as much. And then, like, once it like got everywhere, like then it was like, uh, okay, now nothing feels unique. Like, you know what's the other thing? Like, you just said that that Ring of Honor style that was kind of crafted in like two thousand four or five or whenever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is like permutates the, the whole business it's now. Everywhere, yeah, and like nothing is different at all. Give me a barbarian, yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, give yep. me a Haku. Yep. We don't have that much anymore. Fucking it's, even Umaga or something. Yeah, like, right, right, right. Like it's just I'm gonna slap you in the fucking chest, but, like or like in the. 
throat or whatever. But we were told for years by the Dirt Sheet writers, by uh, our good friend Scott Keith, that these are just useless lugs. They suck. They're slow. They're bad. They're boring. Yeah. Negative stars. This stinks. You look back, you're like, no, this is different than what everyone else is doing. Yep. Like Big Boss Man, yes! for example. Like, he's fucking awesome. Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah. That's why Keith Lee. Look at Keith Lee. <laughs> That's why he got over. Yeah. Look, look at him. He it's just, great. Yeah. The only thing that bothers me always about him is that like he just seems very generic but looking. So what? And I'm he like, looks, who is this guy? It doesn't like, matter. He yeah. looks different. It's different, right? So again, I'm not crapping on the athleticism. I could never do that. Yeah, no shit. Mm-hmm. I have great admiration for any wrestler that goes out there and wrestle. I, and I really mean that. Whether you're in the indies, I could never do it. It's not that we don't want... I could want, never, ever do that. It's not that we don't want good wrestling. It's that we there's no differences in style. Is. Like, yeah, it's, just, yeah. it's one style, and that, that's all it is. That, that, and I think that's part of it. I think, again, I'll say it one more time, okay? I think a good wrestling season, era, right? Storyline, build, has good characters, good emotional investment... And just a variety, a, a variety, a mix of things. You have your little bit of comedy. And then when they do comedy, people shit on them. That's the thing. They can't. It's not very, it's not very good. But, well, okay. Yeah. You're right about that, too. But it, it wasn't good in the 90s either. Yeah. No, they're, they're not funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> WWE is Vince isn't funny. No people within are. But Vince is not. And now it's like, yeah, well, that'll be a good match. That's why I still watch. Well, I'm glad you like good matches. But guess what? The mainstream audience doesn't care about that. They don't give a shit. Look at what drew in people. Hogan Andre, the main event, 1988. Character, the scene. It's all characters. The it's scene. all characters. Savage Liz, Hogan, main yeah. event, 89. The booms, gorgeous George in the 50s. You want to go back that yeah. far. Austin, mm-hmm. DX, a sock. Yeah, I know you always point to the sock, but it's it real. was over. It, that is all I mean Fucking by that. Fucking head. Yeah, like, right, it, right. Head cheese. A porn the, star, bro. Yeah, like stupid. The stupidest shit in the world. Hacksaw Duggan. Just yeah, guy so, yelling USA constantly. And yeah, and ho. <laughs> and using a board as a gun. Daniel Ryan is the closest to that with the yes. Yeah. Like, you know, but I mean, like, it's simplicity. People just want the simple shit. That's all they want. And they don't want it shoved down their throat. Like, and, and just a quick microcosm of that. We're wrapping up soon. When Brock Lesnar offhand said Suplex City, bitch, that one time. And then Michael Cole, I'm sure, being told to say it every match now, you know, oh, Suplex City. Like, I'm sure he hates that. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> and that's another thing, real quick, while I'm at it. Anything, something organic, they just, they yeah. grab onto it and they ruin it. They beat that horse until it's dead. You yeah. know, they really, really do. And I think. That that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I just think that sucks. So we, I've tried to articulate it. I think it boils down to we've seen so many matches over the years now that and nothing to me. To me, I'm saying nothing feels important. And when it does, it's still done well. But then you always have the backlash. Well, okay, they should have done it better, or right. they should have done it di- like Kofi, right? Great run, and then. His run had to end some point. Right. It lo- he loses to Brock. Everyone's pissed. Like, that's an example. But are they... I don't care. Are they pissed at the too. booking or are they pissed because he lost? And that's why I think that sometimes people aren't as smart as they think they yeah. are. When they get pissed when someone loses. Yeah. That's think, wrestling, yeah, ladies and, and gentlemen. The, the, the other pattern we keep noticing is there's no follow-up to anything. It's like tough they never because, They never know how to transition anymore. Well, it's yeah. tough because now you have pay-per-views... Named after events where you know the event is going to have like Hell in a Cell. I know a Hell in a Cell (laughs) match is going to be on this. So then what's the surprise? You know, WrestleMania is happening and they're going to have to put their best shit at it. Yeah. So so everything else for the whole rest of the year stinks. (laughs) 
I, and they don't even number WrestleManias. What is that? WrestleMania it, ship or WrestleMania I, puppy. I, I like, hate that. <laughs> I don't like it either. To me, it's like it should be an accomplishment that there's 30 something of these. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Holy shit. Let's this thing's still it. going on. Right. right? Like, the Super Bowl does it proudly. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm not saying there's not going to be a time where I watch wrestling again on a regular basis, but it takes more than just a good match is, is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right. I mean, don't you think so? That's like all they have going for them right now yeah. is very athletic performers. That, I, I just, <laughs> I hate all the characters. They're all bad. Well, cause the promos are bad because yeah. they're made to be bad. It's not even the people's fault. And the ones I like, they're just like nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know who I really like just randomly? Like Billy Kay. Like I, I think oh, she's, she's tremendous. So fucking See, awesome. You go. Like, you there know what I mean? Good people. Yeah. It's just like the person that tries hard. That's all B- I care about. Billy Kay is amazing. If she's good. If you <laughs> saw her recently with uh, Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. With like, a new dr- outfit. Like dr- she looked dumb. But she's playing <laughs> it up. She's like uh, saying that she's punk because she like fallout boy. Yeah. Like that's a wink at people that know that Fallout Boy she's just, you know what I'm she's saying? She's just clever and she's yes. always been that way. Yes. Like she's always pre this. Pre this. Her yeah. and Peyton were already that she's way like, before this. It, she's like a, a Santino or something. And those are the characters that the only ones I still cling to, like these dumb, like <laughs> yeah. they, like the devils in the details kind of shit. Yeah, like yeah, it's just right. like the minor stuff. Right. Yeah. So anyway, folks, I, that's just some of our thoughts here. This is hard to articulate because it's not that I think that what they do in the ring is bad or that, you know, I'm just going to sit here behind my keyboard or my microphone and criticize the in-ring work. I'm not. We're just saying what, why why we don't care as much anymore. That's all. That's all. If you do care, I applaud you. I don't criticize you. And I don't think that that's stupid. I really don't. I think that it's great to, watch something you enjoy if you don't watch currently you can let us know why if you do watch currently let us know why you can do that of course on twitter at ovp podcast you can shoot us an email at ovp podcast at gmail.com or of course quinn they can join the group but when we got back we got a couple of things to do quinn we have to finish up the royal rankings debacle put this to bed finally but then it's also the final flush the worst feuds in wrestling we're gonna be wrapping all that up that is coming up right after this this is the last time Cause I never say no to you This conversation's been dead Hey guys, I know a lot of you like wrestling books, and guess what? There's a new one out right now about Lance Von Erich. It's called Lance by Chance, and in this book, you're going to learn all about the 10-year career of the other Von Erich, including his work outside of World Class. Just go to LanceByChance.com, LanceByChance.com. Pick up your copy today. Friday, it's a knockout night of competition. Fight card number one is the main event, featuring Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. On fight card number two, Crockett and Tubbs are in tag team competition with a mean herd of Holsteins. And on fight card number three, Robert Stack wrestles with the incredible Unsolved Mysteries. The main event, Miami Vice and Unsolved Mysteries, the champions of Friday night. If you smell what the rock is cooking. TNN, proud to be pop. What is pop? I'll tell you what pop is. Definitely The Rock. The Rock. Really I love The Rock. I love The Rock. The people's elbow. Grab that little man, pull the crowd. He runs to one side of the ring, he bounces off one side, and he bounces off the other, and then he does this little wiggle in front, and then he just slams the guy at his elbow. It's great. WWF on TNN. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for being with us here. It's episode 210 
our season 21 finale. Quinn, before we finalize the rankings and finish up the flush, want to remind everyone, patreon.com slash OVP podcast. Quinn, this is for people that already like what we do. Right. We're not trying to get rich here. We're not trying to make this a whole thing. We just want to give back to people that want to support just want us. just you to have the extra stuff. That's really. Things to make your week better. And all of our rewards on Patreon, like all the stuff you get, it's all content based. There's oh yeah, no, there's like, no like, there's no like rewards here. There's no like pat us on the back tier, right? Like, <laughs> right. It's all extra content because presumably you already like this show. Yeah. So if you want more of it, that's what you get. Yeah, and it's like an actual subscription service right. where you get actual content. Right. And it's only two tiers. We make it really simple. For just two bucks, you get the 1983 canon. That's a separate show that we do. Separate Quinn. canon it has yeah. nothing to do with this. People are really on board with this canon. It's picking up finally. Yeah. Um, it was kind of underground. I, it's still I, an indie. I, I told you all all those <laughs> years, years ago. ago. I was like, "Don't worry, people. Will, this this is where it, this is the place to be." Yes, you will. And basically, what we do there is we have already watched all of 1982 WBF Championship Wrestling, and all of those are free on our YouTube channel and this podcast feed in audio form. We are now up to September of 1983. Really, the the heat is picking up. The Iron Sheik has debuted. He's there. We are building to Snuka versus Morocco in the cage in MSG. Right. The whole goal here was let's get to the Hulkamania era. We're very on the cusp. We're on the cusp, and basically, this is an audio show or a video show. So if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to. You can listen along to it. You hear the audio of the program, and it comes out every other Friday. It's just $2, okay? Mm -hmm. A month. Now, if you add three bucks to that, that's our $5 tier. You're going to get the 83 Canon, which is just tr don't sleep on that. Yeah. If you're already a $5 subscriber and you haven't tried out the 83, because I Holy know some shit. people don't, just the 83 try it. Canon, some, it's, it's fun. It's, so, it's one of the most fun things we do. Yeah, we but, have a lot of fun with it. Try it. But on the $5 tier, you get the pay-per-view reviews. Like we mentioned earlier, we started with the first WrestleMania. We are up to Rumble 92, which was awesome. We love Rumble 92. And coming out very soon is WrestleMania 8. Now, this is a full-length audio review that comes out once a month. They are at least, like, usually they're at, they're averaging, like, three hours around this point yeah, for the yeah. most part. These are fun because we go through the pay-per-view in detail and the OVP style that you guys like. You even get the exclusive star ratings. Yes. <laughs> it's the only very, time we do them. Very, very exclusive. Very important. Only on the $5 That's tier. Right. That's <laughs> Five stars, $5, yes, right? right. Yeah. Uh, so check it out, really. If you like what we do, you can support us at patreon.com slash OVP podcast. If you don't want anything extra... And maybe you just want to say thank you for being a friend and you want to give us a buck or two. You can support us on, is it Kofi, Kofi, Kofi? Kofi, I think, like <laughs> okay. SoFi, Kofi. And that is ko-fi.com slash OVP podcast. Again, that's ko-fi.com slash OVP podcast. And that's kind of like if you just want to do a one-time quick you buck want to be something. a nice person. And you don't like, have to. You know, you don't have to. It's just if you, you're like, I feel an extra nice today. That's all. You know? We actually started that that only because people asked for a way to donate to us like as a one-time thing. Yeah, we didn't even we're like not in, trying to, we didn't plan on having no. that. No. <laughs> Honestly, we're yeah. not trying to like money grub here. And if you happen to want a shirt, uh, you can support us by buying a shirt. It's teespring.com slash OVP podcast. That's T-E-E spring.com slash OVP podcast. Now, Michael, we have two, two pieces of business to handle in this segment. We have to finish out the Royal rankings. If you're just joining this for the first time, first of all, I'll explain this. The Royal Rankings and Royal Flush is where you, the fans, give us a list of your top 10 of something and your bottom 10 of something. You do that on Facebook. By the way, the voting for next season is done. It is going to be the WrestleMania main events. That'll be coming wow. up in two weeks when we start season 22. But... 
for this season, it was feuds in wrestling. Now, the rankings, there was some controversy because for the first time ever, we had a recount. Recount. Well, basically, we we ranked Flair Steamboat above Austin McMahon, and then we regretted doing that. So we yeah. went to you on Facebook, and we asked you to vote. Now, Austin McMahon won by an overwhelming majority. Because it's good. We have to go through this list. So for the royal rankings here, folks, I'm going to run them down. The top four are locked in. Right. This is not changing. And the bottom two. And the bottom two. Okay, yeah. so Flair Dusty is number one. Austin Brett is number two. Hogan Andre is number three. And Hogan Savage is number four. Now we have four variables. The Von Erickson Freebirds, Flair versus Sting, Flair and Steamboat, and Austin McMahon. Below that, the bottom two are Brett and Owen and Austin Rock. Okay. So Quinn... So, so I'm going to... I'm going to just get put it all my things on the table here, okay? okay. Yep. I'm going to tell you what I think it should be. I'm going to say Austin McMahon should be at number four above Von Free number and five. Sting. Number five. Or sorry, number five, yes. Should be number five, right? On the other hand, I think Flair and Steamboat should be above Flair Sting. Okay. And I think that should be it. So the first thing we have to do, the fans picked Austin McMahon. Yes. By an overall, like a two-to-one majority. should be the top of these four. That it should no, because it was only between Austin McMahon and Flair Steamboat. That was the original conflict, right. okay? So if we switch that, that's okay. Are we gonna go? We have to agree here. Are we gonna go with the popular vote of Austin McMahon? Yes. Okay. I'm in agreement totally with that. Okay, so that's not just the popular vote, it's also my opinion. No, mine too. Yeah. So first of all, Austin McMahon goes above Flair Steamboat. Right. Now that we've done that, is Austin McMahon better than Flair Sting? Yes. It has to be. I no, I agree with you. So and, and, and I think so it's also Austin better Mc- than Von Free. Also. Is it? Okay. Here's, Von here, Erickson Freebirds, if he, you're not sure what that means. Here's why I want to say I agree with you. Von Erickson Freebirds, it made world class, but Austin McMahon, it made the Attitude Era and, wrestling. and put him back on top again. Right? Yeah. Okay. So now with that done, Flair Steamboat is still allowed to move because remember, it was locked with Austin McMahon. Right. So it's it's allowed to move. Yeah, it's got movement now because Austin McMahon was like blocking it or whatever. Okay, so Austin McMahon moves up to number five. It stays there. It cannot go above Hogan now Savage. Now it can't like annoy the other three. Right. Like it's just like, okay, just get it up there. Right. Just don't get out of the way. We know this is very important and you're keeping score at home with yeah. your pencil and your yep. paper. Flair Steamboat is at number eight. It's got Flair Sting above it and Von Erich versus uh, Freebirds above it. Now I think Flair Steamboat is better than Flair Sting. I uh, do too. The reason I'm going to say that is because Flair Sting is very good and it made Sting's career. But, but that's Fla- all it did. After that, it was just like <laughs> yeah. Ric Flair in a shirt match and like <laughs> fucking all these like international super title I or know. whatever. Like it, it's not the same feud anymore. It's it, just kind of like people like latch onto it because it's consistent and it, long. But, but like, it made Sting's career and that's the best once thing. Once it was it made, that's all that mattered. But the Flair, rest of it was just like for fun or whatever. But Flair Steamboat has a 70s chapter to it yeah it kind of made both of them or really made steamboat it has an early 80s chapter it has a and it has the late 80s and even a 94, 94 chapter and the yeah. trilogy of matches in 89 right now is flair steamboat better than the von erich's freebirds see i the wrestling is but yeah but von the von erich's freebirds is more intense to me it made world class yeah but it's really good too yeah like it's not even like 
it's not even about like feud quality here because on, on top of it, it's just a good feud. So we're we leaving it there. Yeah, I'm good with just leaving that there. Now we can, this is, let's put that there. We can finally play the music for I think, all yeah, ten. I think that's good. <laughs> I think that's exactly what I want it to be. Okay, so I, the, I know it only took like five minutes, but yeah, like, no, that's it, what we wanted. Yeah. So the official <laughs> rankings for season twenty-one: Flair, Dusty, Austin, Brett, Hogan, Andre, Hogan, Savage, Austin, McMahon. Von Eric's Freebirds, Flair Steamboat, Flair Sting, Brett Owen, and Austin Rock. That is the Royal Rankings of Feuds, but Quinn, we're not done now. Yep, the weird <laughs> okay. the music place. It's over with, folks. Get we the did dink it. music ready for the next part. <laughs> All right, now it's time for the Royal Flush, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, what we've done is we've asked you, the fans, to provide us with a list of your top ten and your bottom ten. The best is the rankings. That's done. The worst is the flush. There's eight names on the board, and when this is over with, we will have, at the end of this segment and the end of this season, the organic certified OVP, organic baptized ordained, non-GMO, USDA certified, and healthy. Worst feuds of all time. Quinn, let's run them down real quick. Mm-hmm. At number one, the never-ending gang wars. It will never <laughs> it will never not be the worst thing ever. <laughs> well, we'll see, Quinn. We don't know. Uh, number two, The Undertaker versus The Million Dollar Corporation. That was a piece of shit. So terrible. <laughs> it's just, the, the Undertaker's entire like part of 94 <laughs> and all of 95 is just screwed. I know. Because DBS won't just go away. Ugh. Number three, speaking of millionaires, the Millionaires Club versus the New Blood, bro. <laughs> the feud that doesn't make any sense at all. I know, and I like Vince Russo sometimes, but this is one of his stinkers right here. What's the premise? Everything is fake, but this is real. This is the only real thing you've ever seen, and they're holding them back. Yeah, but it's still fake, but right. it's also real. Hogan Warrior '98, the mm. WCW feud is number four. Because lots of magic. And just, <laughs> I don't know what that wasn't in the original. What, the, what is <laughs> but that? I had this magic in. Uh, yeah. Uh, number five, Giant Gonzalez versus Undertaker. Very crappy. Mm. Yeah, but um, also not very the, chloroform. Yeah, a lot of chloroform. <laughs> number six, LOD Demolition. Disappointment factor, I think, is what puts that on there. It just—it's why is it not good? It's just horrible. Yeah. Uh, number seven. Novel idea. Undertaker versus Undertaker. It's also like, I feel like you could just merge that into Undertaker versus Corporation. I think you could. It's all the same. It, it, it starts the Corporation feud. You know yep. what I mean? And number eight, and this is better it stay should, at the bottom. It, it should be number 11. It shouldn't even like, be on should, the list. It should not even be here. Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom. It's so great. Don't, no, <laughs> nobody needs to, people need to leave this feud alone. It's fine. It didn't yeah. hurt anyone. And yeah. WCW didn't go out of business because I, of it. I love it. It's so silly. <laughs> so anyway, that is the eight on the board now. We're going to find out the next two. But first, we must go down one last time this season to Howard Finkel for the Royal Flush. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the Royal. We're going to be hearing some comments from the mysterious Black Scorpion. Paul Bear's Undertaker. Going to work on Ted DiBiase. Who's the boss now, boss man? You know, Lex, the whole world is going to find out that you sold out. You rest in peace, Undertaker. Let me tell you something, Farouk. You never fired me, punk, because I quit. You imposters are going to regret the day you ever walked in the shadow of demolition. It's not hot. It's the Royal Flush. Woo, stinky. Very smelly. Very smelly. Now, hopefully, Quinn, there won't be any controversy on this. Okay. It's already controversy with that. We need. Can we get someone to fix the toilets? One day a plumber will be called. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so those are the eight names on the board, folks. There's been a lot of crap on here, and uh, very fittingly, it is the Royal Flush. Uh, and uh, let's have two more coming out of the pipes. Quinn, if you're ready, it is time. Mm-hmm. The fans have been waiting. They waited for us to get through the Royal Rankings controversy. Yep. It's time to There's flush no it. controversy on this list. No, I don't think so. Uh, let's go down to the fans and find out who drew. Number nine. Sting. Are you listening? Of course you are. You're too much of a hero and a champion to refuse to hear this tape. Ah, yes, the mysterious Black Scorpion. I remember this. Another reason why Flare Sting is not as good as uh, Flare Sting. How is this not part of Flare Sting? It is. It's part of the feud. And that's (laughs) why it's not... As good as, uh, yeah. as Flair Steamboat, but okay, the Black Scorpion is perhaps one of the more infamous WCW things, and this is uh, engineered by your friend over there, the Pizza Man. That My era. friend. That era. I yeah, you like love him. him. You pizza love him so much. Boy. Yeah, Pizza yeah. Man, Jim Hurd. I don't know if it's his idea, but I'm saying it's under his. It seems like very Ding Dong's vein. Oh, very vein. Yeah. yeah. Arachnaman and all yeah. that shit. Uh, the Black Scorpion, folks, was short lived, but long enough to leave a very uh, sour impression in people's minds. WCW actually surprisingly on this list of stuff doesn't have as much representation. Well, they I shouldn't. Feel, but it's like weird that like this is like people really hate this a lot. It's stupid. Yeah. So the Black Scorpion started in August of 1990, and this is during a period of time where Sting was actually the world champion. He had right. beaten Ric Flair. It's very at confusing Great when 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 Sting is and is not the champion. In, in this specific run, it's from Great American Bash '90 until January of '91. Okay, okay, so Sting is the world champion here. He's the top face at this point, right? And this black scorpion, this mysterious character in a stupid mask, a black mask, uh, starts making appearances here. And he has like this hooded thing, like cape or whatever. Bodysuit. Yeah, bodysuit. And the first guy to play him was Ole Anderson. Right. <laughs> with all these stupid like voice tricks that he later used on the Shockmaster voice. Was he actually voice. like wrestling as the black scorpion? I don't know if he was actively wrestling yet, but he was planning on it. Didn't okay? he like coach kids wrestling or don't worry whatever about he was doing? Yeah. I'd rather never talk about him again yeah. if we have to. No idea, Bob, who this guy is, a black scorpion. I have no clue. Because it's supposed to be some guy that sting- from Sting's past, right? So the announcers <laughs> try to hint that it's maybe uh, the Ultimate Warrior or possibly the Angel of Death. Remember yeah. him? Remember the Angel sort of the of. He stinks. Yeah, he's, that's he's a, not good. That's a name that I never think about. It's a good name, though, if you want to be honest. But anyway. It's good. So he makes his in-ring debut at the September 1990 Clash of the Champions. Now, the wrestler that played him, Quinn, you ever heard, remember Al Perez from the Territories? Oh, yeah. And he, he, He's a big jobber on WCW all the time. He even had a... Um, I a, mean, on like NWA, WCW. Yeah. yeah. He even had a, a brief WWF run that no one remembers. Yeah. From, like, I actually thought he was like... He's good. He was one of those guys that was like good in the ring when that didn't matter. Like, you know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, when nobody gave a shit about that. And a lot of people now say that he looks like Seth Rollins' dad or something. If you're, yeah, you know makes, what I mean? I can see that. Yeah. yeah. But he's actually very good. I have no problem with Al Perez. I think he's a good wrestler. And then he makes his uh, first WCW appearance here playing the Black Scorpion. And he's taking on Sting. This is the September of 90 Clash of the Champions. Man, biggest match of Al Perez's <laughs> life, huh? <laughs> and Sting was about to unmask him, right? And then guess what happens? This is funny. Another Black Scorpion Uh-oh. appears. Oh, no. My God, that, that, that's the Scorpion. That is the Black Scorpion. That's the Black Scorpion. Who the heck was he wrestling? And it allows the um, the Al Perez version to escape. So we still don't know who this guy is, right? And I need to also mention that the Black Scorpion, 
he would do magic tricks sometimes. This is all real, but like not like even good Fantasmio ones. or whatever. Fantasio, yeah. yeah. But not even good ones, just like, you know, fucking street magic and shit like that. I just don't get... Why do we need this? This is this is the mind of a guy who's never watched wrestling, isn't it? That, the, I all, guess so. Everything you're saying sounds bad. It like, sounds you know, fake. And it sounds like, why would anyone do this? And why wouldn't this just be like some very lower card thing? Right. To like, why is this in the world people title? are like at the concession stands or whatever. Right, because even if you compare it to what WWF had going on at the time, this is right around the time of the summer in 90, so you're talking like Warrior Rude mm-hmm. and Hogan Earthquake. At least those are two like normal wrestling storylines. Right. I don't know where they're just getting this idea from that this would be good. Well, maybe WWF Sherry and the Cauldron it. and Zeus and stuff. Yeah, but that wasn't That's even, like really the was beginning a of a lot of this magic crap. <laughs> yeah, but that like, was a year prior. Yeah. You know, that wasn't even this. So anyway... Sting would wrestle the Scorpion, you know, on the Who shows and all that crap and never got to unmask him. Sid kept poking his nose in. Normally, when he would wrestle them on the house shows, it was Angel of Death. And you know why? Al Perez quit. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I don't want to fucking be involved. I don't want to lose. I want to be Al Perez. Right. Apparently, Flair has said uh, that it was supposed to always be Al Perez. He was supposed to be the guy. Yeah. Anyway, we finally are going to get a big rematch. It's going to be Sting taking on the Black Scorpion. Starcade 1990. <laughs> so their biggest event, we're going to do this shit, right? Special referee, yeah. Dick the Bruiser, why not? Okay. And St. Louis. Cool. <laughs> There's actually a stipulation. If the Black Scorpion, Quinn, doesn't win the world title from Sting, he's going to have to unmask. That sounds like it makes sense, but can I just ask a question? Mm-hmm. What does it matter? Like, in all seriousness, well, what does well, it matter? The other part is, why would a masked wrestler agree to a match? <laughs> yeah. Where, like, why? I'll yeah. Do- like, I don't get it. What's his, like, end game here? So yeah. he's either going to win the title. Does he want to fuck with Sting? Does he want to win the title? Or does he want to keep his is identity he, hidden? Yeah, is it even about the title to this dude? <laughs> right? That's like, what I mean. Because he's so vague and, like, weird. Is he a magician? Is he a guy that Sting used to know? Like, what? who is this? Why are there two? Yeah. It's just dumb. And kind of aren't they <laughs> telegraphing that he's going to lose if he has to lose the mask? Because they have to, like, tell you who this is because they've made... They've put more emphasis on, like, who is this than they have he wants to be the world right. champion. Exactly. Now, the funniest part about all this is if you watch the Starcade 90 match, mm-hmm. you can clearly see who it is the whole time because of the part of the bottom part of the face is revealed in this oh, mask. Whoops. You can clearly see who it is. It was Ric Flair. We got 30 seconds. It's Ric Flair. Rick the Flair. Black Scorpion is Ric Flair. It's the boy, Ric Flair. <laughs> the implication being that it was Ric Flair all along. Right, which is not true. And no, it's not true. Because but, there was two of them. Right, and also, why would Flair do that when he's already been feuding with Sting and he can just fuck with them normally? Yeah, I don't get it. It's like, he's also Ric Flair. He doesn't need to do this. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, he could just get a world title match if he wants. Right. He's only been the champion, like, six times <laughs> yeah. by this point. So, obviously, that wasn't the original plan. Flair says it was supposed to be Al Perez. Whomever it was going to be, it wound up being Ric Flair, and that was literally the end of it. And then Ric Flair just wins the title from Sting in January anyway. <laughs> so that's, I think that's mainly why this leaves I, this a bad taste in people's like mouths. It doesn't matter, which also to me doesn't bode well for it on the ranking because, like, who cares? You know what I mean? And not only does it not matter, Quinn, it doesn't matter and it's stupid. Yeah. You know it's what very, I'm saying? It's very of the same vein as Undertaker versus Undertaker. It doesn't yeah, matter okay. and it's stupid. It doesn't matter and it's stupid. Now, I've also heard that Ric Flair said there were two choices of who the big reveal was going to be. Either himself or Barry Windham. And Barry Windham had previously played, I can't believe this is a real thing, had previously played a fake sting at like Halloween Havoc 90. I don't Whoops. know if you've seen that. 
Mm-hmm. Why are there so many fake things and magic? Because he has face paint, so they can do that gimmick whenever they want. But it looks like Barry Windham. Anyway. Don't worry. Flair- both got blonde hair. Both can wear face paint. Flair volunteered to do it because he figured, like, he's Ric Flair. It won't hurt him. Yeah. It could hurt Barry Windham. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he was thinking, nobody's going to... I'm Ric Flair. I do crazy shit <laughs> yeah, all the time. I'm no bulletproof. One, yeah, and he was. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, yeah, it, this just ended with a, a whimper. It was a four-month angle that was dumb. It was just... Kind of, in the end of the day, it just feels like a time killer until, like, whatever they really wanted to do. Yeah, which, which you was, like, Ric Flair versus Sting again. Which, when you finally built Sting to win the title, right, mm-hmm. which he had, a Great American Bash... And then this is what you give them? It's the kind of a, it's the equivalent to the Daniel Bryan and Kane. Kane, corporate yeah. Kane. Corporate Kane. <laughs> and in pants. God, corporate Kane. I don't know. I don't like it, but I, I there, there should be a royal rankings, royal flush of like worst iterations of characters or whatever. Worst iterations of Kane could be its yeah. own thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh but anyway, that really is all there is to it. We'll see where we put it when it comes ranking time, but it's really not it's not it's anything, whatever. Yeah. but it's not good. No. No matter how you slice it, it's not actually good. No. It's dumb. It, it belongs on here. Yep. And it's part of the Flair Sting feud. Even if it wasn't supposed to be, it wound up being, and that's very sad if you ask me. So is that really all there is on that, Quinn? Yep. Okay. That's, yeah, there's nothing else to say. There's nothing else to say. That's, it just stinks. F the pizza, man. F the pizza, man. Let's find out who drew the final spot. A lot of contenders here, a lot of possibilities. Let's find out who drew number 10. Because, of course, Luger Tatanka, of course, <laughs> of course, we I, had to have to deal with this. Hey, I, I, you want to talk about this, right, Joe? Good like, you Lord. Love, you love this feud. This is your favorite <sighs> fucking feud. From the very first episode of our show, this comes back to haunt us every now and then. Yep. Like a hemorrhoid. Quinn, <laughs> Luger Tatanka was so short in its build and so long in what we had to deal with. In its execution. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay, let's just do it. It starts in the summer of 94. Right. By this point, the WWF is like, fuck Lex Luger. Yeah. <laughs> like, they are. They're like, They're- it, didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> they don't even give him a match at King of the Ring. Remember? <laughs> he just wanders out in his pants and like, R. Donovan is like, Gorilla, who's that guy with the American flag? Gorilla's like, R. Donovan, that's Lex Luger. Get the fuck out of here. Like, he's had enough. I don't know, like, this, you could write an entire book on like how they fucking failed this. They just, Lex Luger it's thing. all bad. This yeah. whole feud is bad. Meanwhile, Tatanka's still over, but, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Once he lost the red hair, <laughs> and once he lost to Ludwig Borga, yeah. it was, he was never, face Tatanka was never the same in 94. Yeah. Like, he was still over. That Ludwig Borga <laughs> just getting, like, a quick win. <laughs> over. Wasn't that just, like, it was quick, was if I recall, right? There was, it was interference. Like, it was very nothing. You pinned him with one finger at Tatanka. Yep. Of course, Borga just... Peters out, breaks his ankle, whatever the fuck. So did no good anyway. Didn't help anybody. No, they, t- they probably really thought they were like, oh man, we can make Borga a huge deal if yeah. he loses, if he beats Tatanka, right? And then they were gonna feud him with Luger, and they did. Here, and it was here's bad. Here's the thing. Here's the, here's the secret. I want to tell all of you is that the um the Tatanka streak meant nothing anyway. It didn't. It, it was it, garbage. It, it was inconsequential. Yeah. Ultimately, uh, it was cool that they broke it because you need to eventually. So right. I'm not worried about that. But anyway. Tatanka had been kind of just a mid-card, still over whatever in the summer of 94. Loses to Owen Hart in the King of the Ring, if you right. recall. Now and he can freely lose. Yeah, Great. that's one good thing, <laughs> at least, right? And, uh, yeah. and Luger uh, was just really kind of doing nothing, which is sad. So we get to summer 94, and Ted DiBiase, who just <sighs> seems to be, as much as I love Ted DiBiase, the wrestler, and the talker while he's a wrestler. Right. 
he just sucks the life out of everything when he's a manager. It's it's like two hands on now, right? It's like I Too like the, I like the, I love the idea of him secretly having his fingers and everything, but then when he overtly has his fingers and everything, yeah. you're just like, uh, eh, this is this is annoying. They center half the heel stuff around him and his corporation for about a year and a half. It's really like they took the idea that he was controlling everything yeah. and then they just dialed it up to 11. It was like ridiculous. Was, I didn't like it, honestly. Yeah. It was a uh, very taxing, yeah, <clears throat> if uh-huh. you will. But anyway, speaking it of taxing... It also doesn't help that all the people that work for him sucked. Except Bam Bam. Yeah. I will never besmirch Bam Bam Bigelow. Yeah, but uh, even he was like not he considered was, the best... Like, really, they acted like IRS was like the head of this shit. Unfortunate. <laughs> why would... Fucking IRS! He's horrible! The, you know why? I've come to the conclusion that the only reason he was employed as long as he was is because he was a solid worker that could put people over could be relied upon, probably safe, didn't maybe do a lot of draw, you know, would make his dates and things. Yeah, I guess. He wasn't like a moneymaker, clearly, like but... Bam Bam Bigelow was like this Bam out-of-control party it's animal amazing. guy. Love Bam Bam. I like to go to back to his house in Asbury go over fishing. the weekend. <laughs> go like, fishing. Like, yeah, if anybody was the more reliable one, it's like, he's a fucking, like, dad in, like, Asbury Park or him. something. Like... But anyway, those are the two guys that uh, DiBiase has recently brought into his fold, and Pennybacks Volkov, of right, course. Pennybacks, don't forget him. And then he start, and obviously he's already doing the fake Undertaker shit during this period yep. of time, so that ties into this. Also, wouldn't fake? Why did they not? I always wondered this, like why after fake Undertaker lost, like why wasn't he like a constant presence on the like in the Million Dollar well, Corporation? You know, like he's just the gray Undertaker because they put him into a casket and the Druids wheeled him out of there into <laughs> so Valhalla he's like, or he's like wherever. Dead or yeah, he's dead. He's oh, dead. A dead guy that's dead. He's dead. Yeah, he's, he's, he's de- permanently dead. He's dead X too. Yes, exactly, yep. Quinn. So. DiBiase starts showing up on King's Court and other places <laughs> saying that um, he bought Lex Luger. And yeah. Luger's like, no, you didn't. And then Tatanka starts going on Heartbreak Hotel and other places saying, like, no, you sold out, Luger. I know you did. And Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, I can beat your Lex Luger on my worst day. And basically the whole, like, bick- it's just bickering. It's Tatanka saying... You sold out, and Luger's like, no, I didn't. Sounds Fuck like it. a lot of projection to me. Well, yeah. right, <laughs> and they're like, you know what? Let's just have a match, and then we'll prove who sold out. I don't yeah. know what that's supposed to do. Like, what? The tell the well, truth isn't match? is revealed who sold out? Yeah, but what's the point of the match? Why did anybody start saying anybody was sold out? What is that about? What, what does, does that, that do? What does that matter? <laughs> like, like, who cares? Uh, people do remember this finally. They think it's good storytelling, but if Tatanka... Uh, let's fast forward. Tatanka's the one that sold out, right? DiBiase and Tatanka team up on Luger, and that, we'll just stop there for a second. But yeah, going back to it, what does it matter? If DiBiase and Tatanka know the truth already, yeah. and Luger knows that he didn't, what are they doing? I think you're overthinking this. No, I think I'm not. Just, I think they just want to make Mohegan Sun jokes and shit. But like, they never like, even really did that. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. Like They I think said it like one time. I think that's where but what they you're didn't. supposed to assume. No, but the, I'm not talking about that. I'm saying... <laughs> What is the setup here? It's Tatanka telling a lie that Luger knows is a lie. Well, he's telling a lie because he's shady because he sold out. But no one knows that. Only people who sell out, Joe, are shady. And then, of course... According to the black and white nature of WWF. And then, of course, they do a a poll, which is a way to waste people's money. A (laughs) call-in poll. It's it's called, we need your number so we can call you about WF merchandise and shit. And the numbers are forever embedded in my memory. 54% said Lex Luger sold out. 46% say he didn't. The burning question, did Lex sell out to the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase? Here are the results. 54% of you said yes, he sold out. 
46% of you said no. Like I said, we have the match. Tatanka turns heel, which I'm going to give them credit for trying. Tatanka, like I said, he hadn't really had a great 94. But it was a good idea to freshen him up. The problem is Tatanka, the performer, sucks at being a heel. It's awful. Yeah, he does. It's like his any enthusiasm he had for wrestling went right down the shitter yep. on August 29th, 1994. He never recovered. He was the worst heel I've ever seen in my life. He stinks. He just fats around, yep. puts on chin locks, and it, instead of running to the ring, he looks mean. He also, like, gained weight. Yeah, he did I get chunks. I swear he was chunkier during this time. He got some chubs. Yeah. And it's just a very poor performance by Tatanka. Luger, meanwhile, through no real fault of his own, is bad booking decisions, he, no one cares about him during this time either. Nobody cared about him at that point anyway. After he right. is like, I won the world title, but I didn't. Or that whatever. was like his downfall. That, that was the it. In that, 93. That, that was all, there you, There was no recovering from that. It's not Bret Hart's fault that he was more no. over. It's not. He it's, needed to go to WCW and be like Sting's friend, sort of, or whatever. He, that, that fixed right. everything. He needed to maybe be the one to actually turn heel. Right, yeah. In this feud, and it would have been good because Luger is a good heel. He is. A, he's like a natural heel. Yes, like, and Tatanka was a natural face. Mm-hmm. The kids liked him. They liked doing the chop and all that. They liked the war dance. Yep, they like Chief J Strongbow. Yeah, no, essentially, it's yeah. just that. It's yeah. the 90s version, right? But instead, what we are treated to are non-stop just matches and permutations of Luger and maybe some it's like cronies. Six months or something. Like, it, it is. It's so long. They, it scrapes into 95. It stretches into the Sunday Night Slam like a week before WrestleMania 11 Ugh. in March of 95. Honestly, where they have the cage if, it, match. if it's going to go that long, they might as well have had a blow off it at um, WrestleMania. Yeah. They should have just had the blow off Instead at WrestleMania. Instead of Jacob and Eli Blue Crap. Like, yeah. And, and yeah, the Bulldog gets dragged into it on Raw. Remember, we saw yep. that match against the Tonka and Bigelow. It's like a big thing at Survivor it, like, Series. It hurts my brain thinking about how much like got shoved into this. And here's why I think it's bad. It doesn't matter. There's no heat. Both guys are bad promos. DiBiase's a terrible manager. Nobody really cares. I didn't care. at the, You watched it at the time. I, I watched it at the time. I was watching at the time, and I didn't even realize this was happening. <laughs> like, I, I was like, it's like, what is this? Like, I, I didn't thought the Allied Powers, whatever, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know what made me care? When Tatanka turned heel. I did care about that. Afterwards, it was so poor. <laughs> it was seriously so poor that I never gave a shit about it. And I loved everything at the time. Yeah. You know, because when you're brand new to wrestling, you're just like, you want your favorite story. I didn't even like Luger. And I'm supposed to. Yeah. I didn't like any of them. I didn't like anyone. I, I really, can I say, in around SummerSlam 95, I really like was not expecting Luger to ever leave. So, like, yeah. he was one of those characters that. They kept him, like, strong or whatever, so I always, like, at the time, I thought, oh, I guess, like, after SummerSlam, like, it really seemed like Luger was gonna, like, they were gonna do something. They were. It. Yeah, it's like... I think they were gonna feud him with Bulldog. Yeah. Because Bulldog had just turned heel. Right. That's and what like, I think they were gonna it do. It seemed like the, the redemption of Lex Luger was about to happen, yes, and then he did. just, like, he just fucking left. And I don't blame him. But, yeah, yeah no, they, it looked like they were actually gonna do something with him, finally. Yeah. A year later. <laughs> it's like, they just put him in the fucking corner for the year and just... They did, yeah. though. He did nothing really in 95. What a weird thing, too, because it's like you got this guy who you're presumably paying higher than most of your wrestlers, right? A good amount, probably. Yeah, like a good he, amount. He, he's he's a main player on your thing, and you're just not doing anything with I'm him. I'm pretty sure he took a cut to go to WCW. No, he Which did. is the rare. You know what I mean? Seriously. Only because Bischoff was like... Bischoff the, didn't want to hire him. There was, there was some kind of like bad history with him or something? We didn't like, like him. Business-wise? He, he just wasn't... No, they didn't work together. No, he no, no, did, but Bischoff always says, like, he was told, like, you don't want to work with this guy. He so, was told, yeah, but he right. 
Right. So Bischoff was going under the assumption, he was going by like what he was being told by other people that don't work with this guy. So Bischoff always has told the story that he gave him the lowball offer just to make him go away. Like, yeah. He didn't think he was going to take and he it. Did. Like, and he did. That's how much he wanted to get away from there. So I'm not blaming Luger for this storyline. Right. Bischoff didn't even want him in the first no. place. I'm not blaming Tatanka for the storyline. Yeah. I am blaming DiBiase for being one of the worst heel managers in the universe. Right. I am. He's bad at it. I don't know what it was. It's not like they gave him a lot good to work with, but he's also really bad at being a heel manager. Yeah. He's just, ha, 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 money. Like, what What do you do with this stupid gang of losers, like I said, except Bam Bam? Like, what do you, comma? I, I, anyway. I, it just. There was no good blow off. How the hell did they mess up DBS too? Like, on top of all Maybe, of this. You know what? Honest that's, that's theory. That's like an interesting question. Honest theory for you. I've never heard him talk about it, but yeah. maybe he didn't really want to do this and he just needed the money. I know that that's he had true. a lot of personal issues, uh, you know, drug issues and, other, and that he's been upfront about. And he had been injured in 93. That's why he retired from wrestling. Yeah. Like, during all of this, he's only, like, 40. Yeah, no, he's, he's not that old You yet. know, he could theoretically still have been an active wrestler. Um, he just never was. So maybe he just did it because he needed the money, but maybe his heart... He, his heart never seemed into wrestling, even in WCW. He yeah. just never seemed into it, did he? Once he, he retired? It almost felt like a guy robbed of his, like, physical ability, and he just was like, this sucks. And, like, and you know what I mean? With it's his like own issues... Stand around on the side and do nothing. Yeah, and he probably just needed the paycheck. I, I, I don't know that. Maybe yeah. I'm making that up completely, but that's kind of what I got. He just didn't seem to have his heart into it. Yeah, you know the way he did Wasn't when he the was a wrestler, same, like crazy ass, awesome DBS. Right, before he just the injury didn't have that fire, didn't have that intensity as a heel promo. You saw that all the last year, like the tag team into like the white tights. Yeah, like in like just. It's just like something happened. You're you're exactly right. right? The fire's not there. The anymore. fire's not there. The, he, he has a bad last year of wrestling, and right. then he just kind of like this. Oh, just so sad. And I do blame it on Tatanka a little bit for not even trying to do something different. Mm -hmm. But the the biggest change he made is that he walked instead of ran. He had greasier hair, and he wore brown tights instead of blue. Do but you, that's it. You know what I always wonder about that Tatanka, the like wrestler in general. Just since we're t we never really talk about him. Not anymore. Do you think if they just like jettison the Native American thing and he was just like Chris just a Chavis, complete, completely different character, that would have been great if he, he renounced. He that. had like a decent look when he wasn't a fat man. Like honestly, he looked kind of cool. No, I don't mind Tatanka. I know like he's not a, an internet darling as a wrestler because he's not great, but I don't mind him. He's decent enough. He's fine. Like he's one of those things. If they like repackaged him, like just not Tatanka. Like, I want something cut, else. Cut the mullet, make him Chris Chavis, have him wear suits when he's not or even wrestling. Have a different. Like a totally like whatever other thing like, like a, not like a heel Native American name. No, I'm saying not Native American related at all. Yeah, just, like, I'd say give him his real name you with think a nickname. Real name, huh? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe not. I yeah. don't know. But anyway, yeah, it's just it's all bad. The game, no. <laughs> Chris. The game. <laughs> Imagine Chavis. Chris. The game, Chavis. And yeah, this is just a bad feud. It didn't have a good yeah. blow off. It was on the Sunday Night Slam that no one watched before WrestleMania 11. Tonight. Two men enter the confines of a 15-foot high steel cage in order to settle their dispute once and for all. Who cares? I was watching back then, Joe, and I didn't know Sunday Night Slam existed until you told me like years and we years later. We reviewed it, yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, I didn't this, see it either this, when it happened. Did this happened? Did they even promote that show? Were they yeah. like obligated to put it on USA or something? I didn't see it. Yeah, I don't And I know. knew everything that went on. It's like bootleg Saturday Night's main event. Poor. Anyway... That's it. That's all I got on it. It's a terrible feud that went nowhere. Yep. It did nothing for either guy. Mm -hmm. It floundered Luger. It floundered Tatanka. It sucked the air. And you got to remember, 
one hour raw back then. Yep. When they do a 20 minute thing involving the corporation, you're eating half your actual airtime. Yep. And they did do that. We saw one. Remember, it started and ended that raw with <sighs> Sean and Gorilla. Oh my God! Remember? Yes, yes, yes! It started it and it ended it. They, they, they like, like, we gotta redo the match. They continued it or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. What are you doing? I gotta say, it says a lot when like some guy leaves after that. You mean Luger, you, right? Yeah, and you you can say like, wow, WCW saved his career. Oh God! Like that's he, rare. He was absolutely right to leave and yeah. take like a dollar from them. Vince, wrestle like, for fucked up. Like he, he fucked him up bad. Yeah, he had something good and he just like. He just kept giving him junk. Yeah. It all goes back to SummerSlam 93. Yeah. It, it does, seriously, because Luger's good. Good talent. Mm-hmm. Anyway, is it ranking time? Yeah. All right, let's run the list down one more time. Gang Wars, Undertaker versus Corporation, Millionaire's Club versus The New Blood, Hogan Warrior 98, Gonzalez versus Undertaker, LOD Demolition, Undertaker versus Undertaker, and Hogan versus The Dungeon. Uh, Quinn, Black Scorpion, Angle versus Sting. I think it's like a worse version of Hogan Dungeon, magic-wise. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Agreed. I think, uh, weirdly, it's like, I don't know if it will make it... I think it'll either be above Undertaker versus Undertaker. Or right below it, right? Or right below it, one or the other. I think Because it's, it's so nothing. I it's think just nothing. It's worse than Undertaker, Undertaker, because it involves the world champion. Okay. You could say that, or you could say it's better because it involves a no, champion. <laughs> that's horrible. That's the first thing they give Sting when he wins the world it's title. It's like, I don't care about it that much. Honestly, like, somehow LOD versus Demolition, to me, is worse just because it's like... It should have been good. It's so disappointing, right? Like, it's so annoying. Like I, I can get behind that. that up. No, seriously. Um, this, this is just whatever. It's like, oh, haha, pizza man. Like, you know? Yeah. It, what, what's bad about it is that the playoff, the payoff, excuse me, is so anticlimactic. Yeah. It's just Ric Flair the whole time. It's like the me all along Austin type of thing. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It might not even made this list possibly because like we said, it could just be included in Flair versus Well, Sting. it's a segment of it. So, I mean, it made the list and, yeah. uh, yeah, but I don't think it's worse than LOD Demolition either because that's the thing that you've been pining for for years, you know what I mean? And Yeah, I, haven't, I wasn't pining for Black Scorpion versus Sting. I didn't, I didn't even know I... I didn't even know what it was until the end with Flair. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, it's just Flair versus Sting. That's all it is. You want to just leave it there? I can leave it there yeah, at number whatever. seven. Okay, yep. that was easy. Uh, now, Luger Tatanka... Ah, this fucking piece of shit. Now, do you call it actively bad? That's one of your phrases. Is it actively bad? I think it yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's aggressively bad, okay. too. It's worse than Hogan Dungeon. At least that's got colorful characters and has yeah. fun. Uh, is it worse than Undertaker? Undertaker? Yes, yes. It's worse than Sting. Whoa! Yeah. You are just shooting it up the ladder. No, is it yeah. worse than LOD demos? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's... it's- it's terrible. I want you to tell me why you think it goes up that high. I'm not disagreeing. I'm I'm because not agreeing. only is it disappointing, it's something I never wanted to ever see. Yeah. Okay. I I have no desire to see Lex Luger versus Tatanka ever. Yeah. Well, except that one time. Not even one time. <laughs> I didn't want it. I this is just a feud that like I don't know what it is. I think these two guys they just never should have feuded ever. You know what? It was good. Their their match against each other. Their King of the Ring '93 match when Lex is still the narcissist. And yeah. Tatanka's an undefeated that's, face. That's better. That's a lot better. But I uh, still never cared about this pairing. Oh, it's terrible. And let me reiterate, no heat, yeah. no investment, no real clear conclusion, and it's over with. Like, he turned on him, wrestle once, and shut the fuck up about it. And it really, you know what I mean? It really pisses me off, too, because it's just like, it's part of the Luger just being wasted. And Tatanka, like, I'd I say, being wasted. Like, I could care less about Tatanka, but like, fucking Lex, <laughs> Lex Luger. Like, yeah, I agree with you. Lex Luger's good. 
Like, why are we? Why is he doing nothing? Like, why is he feuding with this joke over here? <laughs> do you this think guy would, had a streak once? Can like, you, who cares? Do you think it really would have been better? I do. If if Luger would have turned heel, if Luger, yeah, it would have been great. So much better. And then I like, mean, he doesn't even need to call himself Narcissus again or whatever. No. He just I'm Lex Luger. I'm a big asshole. I'm a, I'm a heel now. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I agree with you. Is it worse than Gonzalez Undertaker? Um, hmm. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, I think so. I actually think it is. At least Gonzalez Undertaker is shorter. Plus, you know what you're getting into with that. That they're they're explicitly telling you what that is. Yeah, you know what that it's is. Like, There's intrigue there at yeah. least because it's a guy bigger than the Undertaker. The one thing is, I will say, is that Lex Luger versus Tanaka is not worse than Hogan Warrior '98. Nope. No, because that should have been really good. Yep, it should have been anything but what what it was. I just don't you know? know why the magic. Like I, I don't get what like where did that come from. It was in real life. It was Warrior's idea, apparently, but that doesn't excuse it. I, I, doesn't, I don't, I don't care it, whose idea it was. As much as like Jim Helwig had a pretty, like he was pretty good at he was successful his, his ideas and yes, stuff. He was uh, this was not good. No, it's horrible. The yeah. match is horrible, and I don't think Luger Tatanka is worse. Right. Because look at Hogan. Look at Hogan Warrior. Seriously, look at it. It's yeah, awful. It's a piece of shit. So let, well, the, the mirror. You know what though, Quinn? Hang no, on. Hang on. No, no, hang you, on. It drew a huge buy rate for Halloween Havoc '98. I don't care what I it care. drew. It still sucked ass. <laughs> it, it drew, and then it disappointed everyone. Everyone was like, "What is this garbage? It's a <laughs> fucking fireball." <laughs> that makes it worse. All these people paid money to see this garbage. Nobody gave a shit about Lex Luger Tatanka, so they weren't like disappointed. They weren't disappointed. Yeah, they weren't let down. Okay, fine. Yeah, let's leave it at five. That's then a, that makes it worse. Okay. If you like, if you drew a big buy rate and it sucked. Okay, I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. So let's uh, let's call it a season then on the Royal Flush. Sure. All right, folks. The official rankings here. At number one, the gang wars. Two, the Undertaker versus Corporation. Three, the Millionaire's Club versus the New Blood. Four, Hogan Warrior 98. Five, Lex Luger Tatanka. Six is Gonzalez versus Undertaker. Seven, LOD Demolition. Eight is the Black Scorpion and Sting. Nine, Undertaker versus Undertaker. And ten is Hogan versus the Dungeon of Doom. In its rightful place. In its rightful place. That is the official Royal Flush for this season. Obviously, next season in two weeks, we begin the rankings in the flush of WrestleMania main events. But Quinn, when we come back, I'm going to dare you. I double dare you to come back to OVP Ooh. because it's going to get super sloppy. It is super sloppy double dare. And that'll be coming up right after this. Hello. 55 and 5 is the only show on YouTube that answers Art Donovan's age-old question, Who is this guy? Ring of Honor's Ian Riccoboni and ROH Ambassador Carrie Silken collected the entire 1955 Canadian Parkhurst wrestling trading card set. And they look to quiz each other on both the headliners and blank and you'll miss some wrestlers featured in this set. Join them each weekday on 55and5.com at 8pm as Carrie and Ian share stories, get stumped, and provide five-minute wrestling history lessons. That's 55in5.com. 5.com 5.5in5.com You know, Lex, the whole world is going to find out that you sold out. You know that you sold out. More important, I know that you sold out. I've got plenty of facts and plenty of proof. How about the time on King's Court when the Million Dollar Man said it's a done deal. It's a done deal, Lex. How about when the Million Dollar Man came down by ringside and he was watching you, Lex? 
How about when I come down after my match, what I find you? In the Million Dollar Man's dressing room. You sold out. The whole world is going to find out in a few moments that you sold out. I said I can beat you anywhere, any place. Well, today is the time I'm going to ringside. You go get the Million Dollar Man and come strut down ringside because I'll be waiting for you in the ring. Hey, just a reminder, visit LanceByChance.com. Grab a copy of this new book about the other Von Eric. You got 25 chapters. You're going to hear stories about Ric Flair, Gina Hernandez, Billy Jack Haynes, and of course, the Von Eric family. Again, that's LanceByChance.com. LanceByChance.com. Get your copy now. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to Our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 210. Thank you guys for being with us. We want to shout out, Quinn, as we usually do at the end of every season, uh, all of our friends of the show that have some other podcasts. Uh, if we're missing anyone, we apologize. But obviously, there's the usual Little Petey greetings from Allentown. Oh, Little Petey. There he is. It's a one-man show usually, but he also does GFA Live with Kathy. And uh, <laughs> you can check him out. Greetings from Allentown. Fun show. Retro wrestling. Kind of like us. Not exactly the same, though. Also, check out Quinn, our Southern Fried Brethren, the unprofessional wrestling right. podcast. You know, yes. very classy. We're talking about Mike Mills, his crew, booking the territory. They're going through the NWA. They do the wrestling. Yes. Wrestling, wrestling. What wrestling. do you call it down there? You know, something with Ric Flair. Something with Ric Flair. Something with Ole Anderson, perhaps. Uh, south of the Mason-Dixon line. You know, the grits and all those things. The gravy. Mm-hmm. Fun time unprofessional wrestling podcast we're talking about book in the territory and check out our friend mike prue he has oh, yeah. a show and it chronicles the career and is all about cold stone cold <laughs> yes. cold stone cold stone. stones are so cold <laughs> it's the bottom line cast check that one out it's mike prue friend of the show great friend of the show uh we also have talking taker which mm-hmm. obviously is about the fake Undertaker. No, it's about The Undertaker. Yeah, I bet it covers the fake Undertaker at some point though. better uh, <laughs> yes yeah, so check out talking taker Wrestling man Quinn, Bill Yankovi, he oh, has a show. He He's been doing this for, I don't know, 40 years. Yeah, he's the 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 veteran. <laughs> he is yeah. a veteran. That wrestling show with Bill Yankovi, a big supporter of OVP, yep. a fan since like the beginning. He, he's an original. An absolute OVP OG from 2016. Bill Yankovi, that wrestling show. Another great friends of the show, supporters of the Chick Foley show. That's if you like the figures and you like the wrestling. The figs. The figs, they do yep. that. Check out Chick Foley, PPW, at Steven Eric, the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. They do like a fun little romp about old wrestling as well. So those are our friends of the show. If we're missing anyone, we apologize. We just want to thank you guys, as always, for listening, donating, whatever you do, supporting yep. us in some way. Even if all you do is just listen to the free show, that's more than enough. Seriously. It does it for us. It really does do it for us. So, Quinn... We are reviewing something. Now. We are. It's time. So all these finales, it's always something weird, right? So we try this, to this do- is this is the extra weird. Yeah. Like, what the hell is this? In this case, you're probably like double dare. What does that have to do even with wrestling? Well, I'm gonna have to find out here. Yeah. Now, double dare. What is double dare? Double dare, uh, fondly remembered by a lot of people of our age. I fucking love it. I love it so much. It was a game show, and there's been a, a revival or two since the original run. Yep. It began in 1986, and the original run of Double Dare, just say it up front, was 86 to 93. That's the golden era. Golden era. Weekdays at 5.34.30 Central on Nickelodeon's Double Dare. It really is great. It is great. Yeah. Now, it was on Nickelodeon, uh, the main version was, and it actually really helped Nickelodeon, which you've heard of. I know you have. You don't live under a rock. You've heard of Nickelodeon. Mm -hmm. That began in 79. Yeah, but nobody really (laughs) cared until, like, Double Dare, basically. Double Dare was responsible 
for bringing in so many. I think it tripled Nickelodeon's viewership That's for a time. Insane. It was a great boon to their yeah. success. You know. Well, the, the concept and everything is fantastic, right? The, and the concept is this, right? It's hosted by Mark Summers, who you might also know from Unwrapped and a few other things. Yeah. Who's actually very good. He's a great host. He's a great host. Yeah. He is. He's a very good host. Crispy bacon is also common in the BLT, which only became popular after World War II when fresh lettuce and tomatoes became available. The concept is that you have uh, two teams, two two people on each team. Kids was right. the main thing. There's also Family Double Dare, which had a run in 89, mm-hmm. I believe it was, into the early 90s. Yeah, which to me, I always like confused it because they would like just... Once all those episodes were filmed, Joe, I remember them they just played all of them. interchanging yes. them. And I'd be like, why is it called Family Double Dare here, right. but then it's not over there? And I'd be like, what's going on here? It's the same basic concept no matter what. Yeah. You have two teams, and it's basically a general knowledge, but very easy questions for the most part. Right. It's uh, not really about the trivia no, at no, all. No, that's, that's just, just a means f- to an end. It's a filler. Yeah, it's just to get to the physical challenges. The whole point of the show, the main point of the show is to have kids do fun, stupid, wacky shit, like get get goo on themselves or yeah. run around dumb obstacle courses. And I, and I think also that they um they really wanted the reason for the family because they realized early on that it was like, well, the kids love to do this and it's funny, blah, 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 but wouldn't it be really funny if the parents right. got slopped because and like adults and stuff like that? Who doesn't want to see their dad covered in like mustard or something? Right, exactly. So it's like, it's just a natural like, this is stuff that, like, if you were doing with your kid, yeah. like, you know what I mean? If you got sloppy all over you, yeah. your kid, ah, ha, ha, that's yeah, so that's funny. Yeah, so funny. Right? Because he's a child. They're children, you that's know? All. Like, whatever. So it's, it, it's just a great idea. It right? actually received a lot of praise, critical praise, believe it, it or not. Have, because because <laughs> it brought, like, the other thing. If you really think about it, right? Yep. This is something you can watch with your kids. That and was it's one not of the like inappropriate or anything. No, it's fun and stupid. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It served a purpose right. and it was excellent for its time. Now, the thing I also want to mention, there was also a syndicated version. Yeah. That's how successful this was. Really? So not Where only did that yeah, make it onto? That's what we're watching. So Wait, not, what? Yes. So not only was there the Nickelodeon version. That ran from 86 to 93. There was a syndicated version that began in 1988. And in 1989, they revamped the syndicated version into Super Sloppy Double Dare, which is what we're watching. Oh, so, the, okay, yes. So that's, you're telling me new knowledge that I didn't know because I'm here when for. I was a kid, sometimes the episodes of Nickelodeon <laughs> would also say Super Sloppy yes. rather than rather than Family or just or regular or regular and i'd be like what the fuck is super like where did that come from it's the same show but the point is that the obstacle courses were designed to be bigger messier okay that's why it's called that same thing though so the point here that we're in is 1989 november 13th to be precise how does this have to do with wrestling well this is that famous episode that you might have seen you might have seen clips of it or pictures of it where gorilla monsoon and Bobby Heenan <laughs> it's amazing. are on Super Sloppy Double Dare. But Quinn, I know that you have... I have a whole thing to say here. And I, a lot of our fans probably share your sentiments, so I'm going to let you rip, Quinn. I, okay. So I just wanted to start out saying I loved this show like way too much as a kid. Like I would just... Sometimes they have like marathons. I've just watched the shit out of this show, right? And I remember wanting to catch like... Every new one that came out, like if they said like a new, sometimes Nickelodeon would do that. They'd be like at seven or something. They'll Catch be the like, new double there. there's a brand new episode. Yeah, sometimes there'll right. be two in a row, like <laughs> yeah. two new ones in a row. Yep. And I just want to see like 
what new crazy shit might be on the obstacle course and like what variations of like physical challenges would occur and like it was just a highlight of my childhood like i remember in the summers like playing outside and stuff but i knew that there was going to be a new double dare on today <laughs> and we would all go in after we were playing, we watched the new Double Dare. You were I mean, that into I, it? Yeah, we would like, me and my friends liked it a lot. Wow. Dad would get the snacks out and like, really? it's like yeah, we're, we're all over. We're watching Double Dare because it came on like earlier. So then they yeah. could just send the, my friends away afterwards <laughs> or whatever, right? We loved it like a lot. Just total highlight. And admittedly, Double Dare had so many episodes. So I don't even like remember watching this Bobby yeah, Girl one, one at the time. And it's I also bet from you, 89. So. It's at 89, and probably when I was watching Double Dare, I didn't watch wrestling, so I probably wouldn't have even known who the hell they Good were. Point. So I didn't see this until I was older, yeah. like on YouTube You've or something. Before, and I was though, like, right? yeah. holy shit, I don't remember this episode at all, right? right? Like, Also, the music on this show, can we just talk about oh, the, yeah. the Fantastic. theme of this is like top-notch like it makes you feel like you're watching the most important thing to <laughs> ever occur when in reality you're watching kids like fart around <laughs> on like a modified universal studio ride with like sometimes the biggest time scams in a contest like i've ever seen <laughs> yeah. like seriously i can't tell you how many times i would watch this show as a kid and get like mad like especially like the messy sandwich you thing. hate that i, I know was, like, you told me it's gigantic the flag could be fucking anywhere <laughs> <laughs> it's bullshit and it's always like that thing i remember specifically on the family one sometimes like they would do that sometimes they wouldn't even get past it because it was always the first one if right. they put it there yep, yep. and like they would just they only get to like the second obstacle because of that bullshit like that and <laughs> what, what sucked about you wanted them to win mainly because then you got to see all the obstacles. Yeah, of course. If they you wanted fucked to see... up at like four or something, you were like, wait, I, fuck, I, I missed all the other I ones, know. right? Like you like you actively had a stake in wanting the the families or the, the, kids, the kids to, to like win. win of course. Because you want to go through all the courses, right? Absolutely. And I just remember thinking sometimes like, man, those obstacles are engineered in such a way so that like you can't win or like, especially sometimes I would see them where like, they were done specifically so that the kids would lose by like one, one second. second yeah. Like they were like this close. I like know. the flag was like within hand's reach. <laughs> like, and they would, it was just ridiculous. I so know. I agree. Is it, it's amazing though that somebody would like think about that. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. There yes. were certain ones that they would only get if they got through that like ant farm shit in like a second. Like, like their, their kid, they're like scoot through that crap and like, like quick. Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah, uh, I liked it as well. I like what would you do also speaking of Mark Summers it was like, like the were, expansion yeah, show. Yeah, it was like a sequel Other show. Other than the painting of the mustache that was the worst part of the show. But <laughs> but yeah, it's a fun time. Double Dare's great. I'm sure a lot of our fans have heard of it, have seen it. Maybe you hate it, maybe you love it, but Girl and Bobby are on this one, so we had to do this at mm -hmm. some point. This is the time, Quinn. Let's get into it. It is Super Sloppy Double Dare. It is November the 13th, 1989, and of course, Mark Summers welcomes us in a cold open in a tuxedo to Super Sloppomania. It's not even real. <laughs> what, what Super? It's not even on the name of the show. It's not even the name of it. I'm Mark Summers, and welcome to the messiest wrestling event in history. It's Super Sloppomania. He's with Gorilla Monsoon, who, by the way, is wearing like the red smoking jacket. <laughs> yeah, very odd Gorilla wearing that. <laughs> yeah, here. like his announcer code. Yeah. It's like, hi, I'm here. Yeah. A name that it needs no introduction in the world of wrestling, play by play man for the World Wrestling Federation, Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> and uh, we get a big pop for the Gorilla from the kids in the audience. Mark Summers asked Gorilla what the toughest part of broadcasting is, and Gorilla it's having a deal with that weasel Bobby Heenan. I'd like to know what the toughest part about broadcasting on the WWF is. 
Toughest part of it for me is having to deal with that weasel Bobby DeBrain Heenan. That's the toughest part for me. Already. Like, it's the first fucking sentence. That comes, <laughs> he's, he's like not putting up with Bobby's shit. It's amazing. Yeah. Bobby then appears down the stairs, tripping, of course. Amazing. Like the fake trip right away. <laughs> Gorilla, where'd you come from? The parking lot? <laughs> Love it. Immediately. Oh, look at this. What a klutz. What a klutz. From the parking lot? What, what do you mean? Start down here with everybody else. Because I'm the host. I make a grand entrance. Gorilla, uh, Bobby, and Mark are all arguing about who the host is, and Mark's like, all right, coming up, Gorilla and Brain are going to have a cage match. Hey, excuse me, what? And then we cut to Gorilla and Bobby in a giant oversized bird cage. Oh, get it? Get it, ha. Huh? And the first thing here, this is like the toss-up, is the kids are dipping fake chickens in chocolate and throw it to the Brain and Gorilla. <laughs> yeah, and the theme immediately kicks in, which is incredible. Yep. Go! The Double Dare announcer like talks over it with the goofy intro. Yeah, Harvey. I fucking love this show. And by the way, we didn't even say, you know what the one of the like main things about this show is how it would start? Is that yes. it just gets you right the fuck into it. Like Mark Summers, on your mark, get set, and the music is going with them. Yeah, I know. It's good. Like, and they're like throwing shit, stuff moving. It's amazing. It's great if you're a kid. By the way, Gorilla's got the red uniform on. Bobby's got the blue, and both are all fat looking in these, which is just great. Gorilla catches his chicken, so his this is all real. Yeah. So his team goes first. And now we officially start the game as Mark Summers goes over to the podium. And the kids go crazy. That's they love the, it. That's the other thing. It's like they, they were smart in picking kids for the audience. Oh, yeah, of course. Because like kids are like, hell <laughs> like They're like freaking the F out. They're all like 12. Probably like an unforgettable day if you got to be in the Double Dare audience back There's then. There's probably like school trips and shit in like Florida. People probably went. That, that's Maybe, probably right? how they filled it, actually. That's true, because how do you get kids that are, like, during the they, week? They probably looked, they probably called up all the elementary schools in the area. I'm not kidding. They probably, like, called them up, and they're, like, would you guys, like, we'll, we'll fund it. Do you want to take a class trip? Like, take your, yeah, like, maybe. sixth graders or something? To call. I'm sure people were calling them. What are you talking about? Probably after the first season. By <laughs> yeah. the first season, they probably had to, like, in 86, they probably, like, hey, um, yeah, you know, probably. Park Tree Elementary, do you want to, like, come to this <laughs> show at Universal <laughs> Studios or something? Maybe. All right, so Quinn, the Brains team is introduced. Of course, it's Bobby and uh, fake Donnie Jeffcoat over here. Yeah, proud bowl cut, <laughs> yeah, by the way. It's good. And uh, Bobby's like, you got a handy wipe? And Mark's like, hey, uh, why are you called the Brain? And Bobby says, because I do my job well. I have good contracts and yep. everything. And Mark shits on him for something that happened at the Kids' <laughs> Choice Awards or something. Although I did do the Kids' Choice Awards with you where you got a trophy and you were such a wimp you couldn't even pick the thing no, up. No, no, you had those security guards put me out back. I remember that. Thing. Well, okay. Uh, Bobby's partner, by the way, is Dave MacArthur, who wants to become an actor one day when he gets older. I wonder if he ever, like, we should IMDB him (laughs) at some point. (laughs) Imagine if he did. Yeah. The Gorilla Monsoon team, that's what it's called, is introduced next. Gorilla with the Mikhail Gorbachev (laughs) chocolate spot in his head, by the way. Did you notice that? Like, it looked very (laughs) Gorbachev-esque. It's amazing. So Gorilla immediately makes fun of Mark Summer. What is this, a mutual admiration society? You lied, he swears to it. <laughs> like all pissy already. You guys have the, uh, you have the mutual admiration society there? What, you, you lie and he swears to it? <laughs> it's all great. It's so good. It's, the, it's like the greatest hits, like road tour of yeah, Gorilla Monsoon yeah. and Bobby Heenan. Taking their act on the road. Yeah. Uh, Mark Summers runs down how Gorilla proudly went to Ithaca, and he majored in English and physical therapy. Gorilla's young partner is named Patrice, and... She likes to shop and go wild at parties, Quinn. Cool. I feel like they asked her the wrong question. They're like, what do you, why didn't they say, like, what do you like at school? Or like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, why did Dave get the way you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, what the hell was that? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's not fair. You're I, right. She she got the chaff because she had to tell them, oh, what do you like to do? Yeah. It's like, well, you sound I'm like 12. Yeah, you sound like a jerk or something <laughs> when he just says like, yeah, wild parties. Yeah, I do nothing. Like what? I don't know. I just don't like that. I'm sorry, Quinn. Patrice is awesome, by the She's way. She's good. Yeah. Uh, Mark Summers holds up a shitty belt that the winner's going to get. It looks oddly like the 1982 belt before Billy Graham <laughs> smashed it. Did you notice that? It does. Yeah. A little plastic version of it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he runs down the rules, and away we go. We get a question for the Brains team. What wrestling manager appears in Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun video? Hard one, Quinn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dave correctly answers Captain Lou, so they get 10 bucks. Yep. Bobby, I told him that, though. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> Which um, is like, isn't it supposed to be a team effort? Yeah, it's so it doesn't just, matter. Yeah. Next question for the Brains team is, what do the initials G-L-O-W stand for? Quinn's a tough one again. But Dave answers here. He got it, and yeah. no assistance from Brain needed. That's right. Gorgeous ladies yeah. in wrestling, of course. Next question. I knew this one. I did too. I, knew, like, I think I knew I think almost I knew all, all of them other than like one. Yes. What U.S. president was named Old Hickory? Oh, time runs out. Quinn, who was it? Andrew Jackson, That's of course. Right. Of course it was. Uh, now we go to the Gorilla Monsoon team. Bromistrosophobia is a fear that most wrestlers can't afford to have. What? <laughs> is it? Is multiple choice. The fear of body odor, the fear of exercise, or the fear of funny outfits. And uh, Gorilla and Patrice have a conference. Patrice picks the first one, the body odor one, which is right. Mm-hmm. We go to break. It's $40 to 10 for Bobby Heenan's team. We come back now where it's time for Gorilla's team to have another question. What is the gland attached to the infundibellum of the brain? And Gorilla, like a hero here, yeah, which is amazing. It's amazing. That's right, where the ramus and the mandible articulates with the mandubula fossum of the temporal bone. I know that, but I'd rather challenge Heckle and Jekyll over there. That's right, where the ramus of the mandible articulates with the mandibula fossum of the temporal bone. I know, but I'd rather challenge Heckle and Jekyll over there. Fucking class. <laughs> See, this is like just, this is a softball for Gorilla. Yeah, you I know love that I mean? he like, just rattles that yeah. off. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. So the brains team double dares. Gorilla's team back. And Gorilla. Quinn. This is weird. Picks the physical challenge. And I thought he knew the answer. And you know what? This is part of the whole, like, listen, this this episode, maybe not. This so, one might not be on the up and up. No, this episode specifically, you could tell, is a bit. Well, it like, involves you know, wrestlers. I'm, yeah. So. There's nothing real about even the competition of it. I don't think so. Like, usually, I remember them being pretty, like, close. Like, the, the trivia yeah. was like. They had to know, like, or you don't, you're not going to make it. I think this is a setup. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm positive it is. Maybe we can, maybe someone can find out for us. I wonder us. if all the super sloppies because they were syndicated are more, or maybe setup. any of the celebrity ones. Yeah, you know what I mean? True. By the way, the answer for the record is the pituitary gland. So, gorilla puts on a gorilla suit as Harvey the announcer wanders in dressed like all stupid. <laughs> He's like, I'm gorgeous Gak Man, and <laughs> it's. The, yeah. the announcer named Harvey. Mark Summer shoes him out of there, which is funny. Why did that even happen? <laughs> What are you doing here? We've got the wrestlers hey, here. Hey, wrestlers, you need a wrestler, man. Gorgeous Wait Gakman. Minute, Yo, Harvey. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, God, get over here. We're trying to get this thing going. We've got Gorilla over here. Good grief. You're always in the way sometimes. i got to tell you. But seeing Harvey, I was glad he, like, appeared in this episode because he was, like, I remember him, like, a lot as through my childhood. Yeah, like, he's the announcer for almost the whole run. I think there's one. I think from the beginning to the end, yeah. There's one bit where it's Doc Holliday. Not the what? Michael J. Fox movie, okay? <laughs> uh, where it, it's someone else, but yeah. And Harvey was, I think, a radio personality that be, was also like it. Most he, announcers he had, are. He had a face for radio, too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. This is true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Harvey's just one of those guys. It's like, yeah, I remember Harvey. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like um, Gelman or something yeah, he's like that. Like, he's the Gelman. He's of their Gelman. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Patrice, by the way, her task here on the physical challenge is she has to shake bananas off a pine tree, or excuse me, off a palm tree. 
make a pie and then throw it at Gorilla. This is all real. No, that sounds real. insane. And uh, Quinn, she gets 20 seconds. What a time scam, by the way. <laughs> you, hate, you hate the time. By timing. the way, did you notice the whipped cream was green? Where yeah. do you get green whipped cream? Put a few dots of food coloring in it. I'm, they must have yes. bought that off the shelf, though, right? What do you mean? Green whipped cream? No, you put food coloring in it. Oh, okay. You've, you've heard of food I just coloring, don't know why I presume. It's, I just don't know why it's green. Because they it's super sloppy double dare. They explicitly said it's whipped cream, though. Green booger pie. I don't know. <laughs> By the way, Gorilla is not wearing his glasses for this, which makes this look even funnier. Yeah, it, it is stupid. So anyway, Patrice does do this. She gets the challenge done in six with six seconds Amazingly, to spare. yeah. Yep. Whole thing was kind of odd. Anyway, they get 40 bucks for this one, and now they're up 50 to 40. We go back to a $10 question here for Gorilla's team. What bizarre rock singer has four children named Diva, Amet, Dweezil, and Moon Unit? And I knew the answer immediately. Yep. So did I. And I think it's mainly because I watched a Frank Zappa documentary recently. Yeah. But I also always He's knew known that, for this. I also always knew because of Valley Girl that Moon Unit Moon was Unit the Zappa. name of his daughter. So yes. even if even if I had not watched that documentary, I would have seen the Moon Unit and I would have known. We've all seen the Moon Unit, if yeah. you know what I'm saying. No fucking idea. The Moon Unit. It's an amazing name, by the way. It's a great name. Yep. I wouldn't want it, but it's a great name. It's, it, it's something to be known by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gorilla and Patrice have no idea. They throw a dare over to Bobby's team. Dave and Bobby get it right. Of course it is, Frank Zappa. Mark reminds us that this belt, by the way, is worth a buck fifty. Yeah, <laughs> shit's on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the question for the Brains team, which of the following sports Hall of Fame does not exist? Rodeo, volleyball, darts. Brain's team dares over to Gorilla's team. Mm -hmm. They double dare back to Bobby's team. But, but before they can answer, round one ends. And this was weird because Gorilla gets way too excited <laughs> yeah. at the time. Like, oh, he doesn't know. He ran out. Huh? Like, yeah, he just like, yells across the fucking studio. Like, what was that about? Like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> right? Something like that. It's funny. He's yeah. like, way too excited. Double there. Not worth 40. Do you know the answer? <laughs> oh, Run golly. That's <laughs> It was the Darts Hall of Fame, by the way, which is sad. Mm -hmm. Don't you think they should have one? Darts? Do they by now? Who's a big darts like player that anybody knows? The answer is gonna... Oh, golly! Looks saying. like time's run out on that yeah, one, yeah, too, exactly. Uh, anyway, we go to break. It's 60-50 for the brains, by the way. We're back. Mark Sommers is uh, doing, <laughs> doing a Howard Cosell impression like he's Todd Pettengill. <sighs> Welcome to clearly one of the best wrestling matches of all time. Is that like a requirement for every wannabe comic? To Anything sort of sports related. You have to do that? Yeah. It might just be a requirement to do a bad impression. I don't know. You know, I mm. thought I could do a good impression. Uh, anyway. I'm Bret Hart on Double Dare. You know, I thought I, I could do a physical challenge. You know, I thought we were good in the Double Dare. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, Harvey is back now with fake green hair this time, pretending to be an Australian. Mark just kicks him out again. <laughs> so though. get out of here. So get out of here, Harvey. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, everyone is now <laughs> wearing really, really stupid clothes, like over the Double Dare uniforms. Yeah, Gorilla and Bobby look kind of like Nasty Boys ripoffs, which is a sentence I never thought I would ever say, by the way. <laughs> Like, they look fake nasty boys. They kind of do, you're yeah. right. With, like, boxers on over their attire. It's like yeah, a whole thing. Yeah, but it's thing. also the, like, the, the, the weird, like, the sparkly hair. sparkles thing and the it's sunglasses. It's great. Yeah. Uh, so for this one, by the way, the first team to take off all their stupid clothes and dump mud on themselves wins. I'm not making this up. That's really the challenge. Yeah. So we start, and the Brains team quickly wins. Yeah. Bobby, of course, because there's mud involved, he takes a classic pratfall. Yeah, fucking Bobby. That actually makes Mark laugh, too, because Bobby is just so... What a professional at pratfalls, by the way, He Bobby is a physical brain. comedian. How did 
Bobby the Brain not make it on more like sitcoms as just some like old a character man? actor? Like he seems like somebody that would be like old guy that slips on banana peel like yeah. at the at like the fair or whatever. Like you know what I mean? Yes. Like a, like the family goes to something. You know, he would have been a good bit character. Like not on all. Yeah, can't put him on too many things because no. he's still limited in that range, but. He would have been a good character actor, yes. He really would have been. He would have been. Everyone loves Raymond or something. Yes, right, right. Perfectly said. He he is just perfect for that. He was good. I I wonder if he wasn't older, if like once he left wrestling, you you ever think like maybe he would have gotten into sitcoms or he seems perfect for it. Uh, I think he would have if he didn't get cancer. I think he wanted to. Oh, really? I think he wanted to do things like that or do radio, I heard him say. Even a bit parts, like he would have been perfect. He could have done it. He wasn't... When he got cancer, he was only 57. He wasn't even old. He yeah. wasn't old. I mean, he oh, could have yeah. been on tons of shit. Yeah, but he battled that for, what, 15 years? Sucks. I know. Uh, Mark Summers runs the hell away from the mud, you know, OCD. Right. So the brains now have 100 bucks, and the next question for them is, what was Hulk Hogan's character name in Rocky Three? Bobby just takes this one himself. He's like, Thunderlips. Of course. In the flesh, bebe. Uh, the next one has to be sung. What mm-hmm. seven words does Mighty Mouse sing when he goes off to save someone? And you know this is an Andy Kaufman reference. Yes. Like it has that's really why they're asking it. Well, because didn't Andy Kaufman like repopularize that? Well, that of? was like his that that whole gimmick where he would just sing, man. he would stand there yes. and then just only when that part came on, he wouldn't even say it, he would <laughs> no. lip sync it. Yes. Here I come and like point his and finger. That was it. Yeah, and that's it. Bobby does sing it. Here I come to save the day. That means a mighty mouse is on the way. Oh, look at that. The man can sing as well. Look at that. And then fake slips his elbows on the podium. <laughs> like how? <laughs> like it's really, like incredible. Standing. He, he, he's just standing there. It's, it's insane. Oh, good. Next question. The movie Gorillas in the Mist was based on the life of what? Wildlife researcher. Now, I thought this was going to be Jane Goodall. Well, Gorilla you know, doesn't is know. That, is that the one I'm thinking of? The, the lady with the gorillas? I don't know. You know I didn't know the answer to this at yeah. all. So uh, the brains dare to Gorilla. Gorilla doesn't know. So they double dare back. We get a physical challenge. The answer, by the way, is Diane Fossey. Who? <laughs> I don't know. I looked it up. And yeah. So it is. Uh, Who's Jane Goodall then? Am I, I don't know. I, did I just make that name up? Or is that somebody like a news lady or something? Jane Goodall is a primatologist. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that lady. So you're not far off base Remember there. reading the books about her as a kid, <laughs> probably around the time that this episode was probably. on. <laughs> anyway, this challenge is going to be worth 80 bucks where Dave and Bobby have to put on hot dog suits as Mark Summers shows off big buckets of ketchup, mustard, and relish. Can the- I just say those are definitely not... It's no, too, it's nothing. It's too liquidy. It's like Jello or something. I don't know <laughs> it's what it just is. Water with food color, probably. Yeah. But the deal here is, Bobby's going to have to start. He's going to have to dump some of each on himself. He looks extra stupid, by the way. Like, if you wanted to see Bobby looking dumb, this is it. The hot dog vest really yeah. puts a topper on it. You <laughs> it's know, quite a look. And Bobby's like, I don't want to get this shirt dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Mark asked about tag teams like the Killer Bees yeah. or something. So yeah, you know, famous tag teams, Killer Bees, and Bobby's like, well, the most famous one right now is the Brain Busters. Well, of course, it's nineteen. Yeah, there you go. So after Bobby does this, he's going to have to tag in Dave, who has to put all the crap on himself. Then he's got to run over and ring a bell. So Bobby expertly tosses the crap on himself, tags Dave in. He does it too. Nine seconds to spare. Very good. Very good. Very speedy. Bobby looks ridiculous now as the game ends. Bobby's team wins and Mark awards the belt to Bobby, but they round up Patrice to 100 bucks as well. Consolation. Yeah, a little consolation. They always would do that. Very know? nice. I was like, aw, that's yeah. so nice. And guess what, Quinn? Patrice is going to get herself some Ray-Bans. Oh, don't. <laughs> right? And 
Shockwave's hair gel. That's so old. I've never even heard of it, by the way. Like, that, that was one of those, like, usually I know all the... Re- that is so fucking old and discontinued. I've never heard of it in my life. I can't remember if I've heard of it or not. It yeah. sounds familiar. Oh, and also she's going to get Mickey Mascapades for NES. And that's actually decent, if I recall, because Capcom. Yeah, they're like, always... Capcom, they, like, good always? Listen, Capcom did great Disney games in the late 80s and early 90s. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, Aladdin. Is that Capcom? Yes. Oh, Aladdin's good. Yeah, they and the had, King Lion is. They good too. had like the Disney license. They did the Chippendales game. Right. Yeah. yeah no, they, they did. All, they did everything. They were good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're gonna go to break. We come back. It's gonna be the obstacle course. As we see the uh, ball pit with some kid's head <laughs> sticking out of it. <laughs> Why is there a kid in there already? I don't. Because it's that's actually not even a kid. It's probably one of the help. Yeah, you're right. Okay, we're back. It's time, Quinn. The first one they're going to have to go through is the works. Now, basically, Brain has to slide through a conveyor belt first and fall in some packing peanuts to get the flag. That's right. And, say if, no. and if they win this one, they're going to get the radioactive soundboards by Nash. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, what? it's apparently a skateboard with a radio in it. And Harvey tells us you can listen to your tunes while you shred. Stop. <laughs> you can listen to your favorite tunes while you shred. The second of the obstacle course is going to be the hunt and peck. It's a gigantic typewriter, and you hit the right key and get the flag, and you win. And you know what you win? Yep. $150 gift certificate to KB Toys. Yes, very 80s. Can I just know also the bumper music during this is very iconic. That yep. din, 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 It din. is good, yeah. Like, <laughs> like, every piece of music on this is, like, very memorable. It's a $150 KB gift certificate. Where do you go to find great toys? KB Toy Stores. And where do you go to find KB Toy Stores? Your nearest shopping mall, KB America's Toy Stores. Uh, number three, the toothpaste. But this is some time killer <laughs> bullshit, by the way. This is what I always complain about. Bobby has to open a gigantic toothpaste and grab the fiddle flag. Around, but like, yeah. you have to fiddle around. You don't know if where it is in this like goop. Yeah. Like, how the fuck are you supposed to find that? What a bunch of bullshit. This is a time killer one. Yeah, now, yeah. If Bobby wins this one, the prize here is going to be a Rico 35 millimeter compact camera. It's it's high on features. High on, it? Yeah. It's it takes pictures. Yeah. What else does it, it do? It has zoom. Oh, it does have zoom. Auto right. zoom or it's whatever. A big deal. Yeah. Number four is, well, actually, hang on. Wait a minute. Gorilla has Harvey in an airplane spin? Okay, never mind. What? Number four is Kid Farm, Quinn. Basically, this is what I was talking about. The gigantic ant farm, and Dave has to go through it to get the flag. This is something like an adult couldn't do. They couldn't fit in this shit. No, no, this, this is, is like This is the kid one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the prize for this one, Quinn, by the way, is the Franklin Language Master, which is, uh, oh, exciting, an electronic dictionary. That's the, like, the school prize. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the educational prize. It's like, oh, it's for the kids' education. They could take it to elementary school or whatever. But you're probably not allowed to have that in school, too. Well, so it's a bit of a paradox. They only let you use a calculator during certain things when you were back then. Oh, right? yeah, in middle school. They're like, you got to learn how to do it for real. Do the math. Yeah. And then, and then I know now Once they you don't... you like, pre-calc and shit like that, though, you need to calculator. I think now they've given up on that because who the fuck doesn't use a calculator nowadays? Like, it seems like it seems like stupid. Like, why are you not using the tool to do the thing? They used to tell us in life you won't be able to just carry a calculator around with it wherever you go. Now everyone's got a phone. That, 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 that logic got broken. It did. Now yeah. they didn't know obviously, yeah. but... Number five is the grease monkey, Quinn. Some bootleg car <laughs> shit, like leaking grease, and you have to find the flag. Again, more time. This is yes. another. You have to put your hand in something. Crawl under it. Yeah, it's the like, whole thing. Yeah. The prize for this one, though, the Casio TV 500, which is a little mini TV. That's actually nice and kind of expensive back then. Like, yeah. damn. That, now we're getting the real prizes this here. This is some good shit. Now, Mark asks, uh, meanwhile, if Bobby has any questions, Bobby, what am I doing here? Yeah. <laughs> Number six. 
Here's a tough one to figure out. The mirror maze. You crawl around a mirror maze, get the flag, that's it. Man, Dave's getting all the easy ones. Yeah. Huh? Bobby's got to do all the work here. Right? Now, if Dave wins, he's going to get a Gibson Epiphone guitar. Now, shit, and that is cool. That's not a bad brand. Epiphone's like the, the Gibson budget brand, but it's still good. It's I mean, still a good prize. You're getting all this other shit. Yeah. You get that budget guitar. Why not? Uh, number seven is the birdcage. <laughs> you get in there, you ring the bell, the flag. That's it's not so, even hard. That's a, that's a really easy one. But the prize for it, holy fuck. Like, you win an entire fucking piano. Yeah, like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, now we're talking here. And it's like a big, huge, <laughs> real piano. Like, this is an a upright one, piano. This is not like a keyboard. No, no, no. This is a legit, like, somebody, you're going to need help getting this in your house. <laughs> you got to get it tuned and all that. You need to make room in a room for this. This isn't like just you need a, to change. You need to redecorate. Yeah. When you win this prize, this is the prize your mom is like really happy about. Well, because then you can learn to take lessons. And also, it, it make her. It's gonna make her like salon look good or whatever. Salon parlor. That, it's a fancy. You going for room. parlor? Yeah, parlor salon. Not salon. No, that's it. That I'm I'm watching Dickens. Whatever that show is, Dickinson. That they're they're they call their living room a salon. When this is 1989, not 1889. Well, no. I, I'm sure that terminology persists. I'm sure it does. Do, do some do some people call it a salon? Yeah, send us a telegram yeah. and let us know. <laughs> yeah, just let us know. Number eight is the tank. Which is a ball pit that Brain has to jump through and get a flag. So that's not bad, right? That's, that's, that's fine. That's pretty easy. So the prize for this one, the grand prize, Quinn, is a California getaway at the U.S. Grand Hotel, which includes access to the San Diego Zoo. Nice. That's good. That's a good trip. <laughs> it is. So we start now, and Bobby starts to work. So he goes through, grabs the flag, passes to Dave, who picks and packs, gets the flag. Bobby goes to the toothpaste, opens it, gets the flag, ties him Dave, who climbs the kid farm, goes in, gets the flag, passes to Bobby, who crawls through the grease monkey, and he gets slowed down. Where's Dave? What happened to him? Gorilla has him in a headlock. Wait, what the? This is bullshit. And that gorilla backdropped Bobby into the pit of mud? What a bunch of horse. By the way, where was this pit of mud? Was that even one of the options? It was obstacle? from earlier, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that wasn't even one of the <laughs> What the hell is that? Yeah. yeah, I just realized that. So anyway, Mark Summers, at least, is a voice of reason. He wanders. He's like, no, foul. But then he brings in Patrice and both kids win? Now, how is this fucking fair? <laughs> like, like, Patrice didn't win. No, she didn't, to be fair. And Gorilla interfered from the other what, team. What is that? Yeah, what a bunch of shit. Backdrop. By the way, Gorilla proudly doing a backdrop while having Dave in a headlock is yeah, amazing. it was good. It is good. That'd be a good gif, actually. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Gorilla triumphantly raises both kids' hands as we go to Bobby Heenan covered in mud and that sends us home there gorilla's team cheated brain as always getting the shaft here even on double dare <laughs> yeah yeah uh, he I know. sadly thinks he's won because he got the flag because he did win he did and he's like i won i won and they're like no you didn't and it was everyone wins fuck you brain <laughs> like it was bullshit and now gorilla <laughs> threatens to throw mark summers remember He's been upfront about it. Yeah. he had an OCD, right? It's real. But uh, to be fair to Mark Summers, he does do this shit a lot. He does get yeah. slime on him and stuff. But you, I, I think he doesn't want to. Right. And Mark hilariously freaks the fuck. <laughs> yeah. He's like, ah! And yeah, Gorilla yeah. just tosses him in anyway. Yeah, in the he, he does not. I don't think Gorilla knew. No, no. I don't think Wasn't anything. that like a secret or something yes. for a while? Yeah. It probably would have cost him his job right. if he was upfront about it. Thanks for being with us. No! <laughs> not for me. What do you think? You think I should go in? The camera quickly cuts away as Harvey thanks the sponsors, which include Reebok and 
Sunny Delight. Because Sunny D is awesome. Sunny D you know, is part awesome. Part of me wonders if Mark Lay freaked the fuck out. And, like, what the fuck, gorilla? <laughs> like, we're like cursed. It's like, get the kids out of here. Like, you know, like <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I don't. I think he took it like a champ. Yeah. Uh, there's also some bizarre cassette recorder DJ thing. I don't know what, what was that, that was. Yeah. But anyway, everyone fucks around in the mud now as the credits roll, and we're all done. This was really. Really stupid, Quinn, and really, really fun. Yeah, it was like a fun time overall. And wow, the amount of shitting on Bobby, though. Well, he fairly, what he answered the questions. Yep. He did the challenge. He like he legit did everything won. correctly. Yes. And they just, it's like, fuck off, Ugh. Bobby. Anyway, it was totally fun and nostalgic for me. I oh, mean, yeah. I like this one. This is a great little thing. This was great. And guess what? Someone asked Mark Summers recently, because I had posted a uh, picture of this, a screen cap of this. Right. Someone asked Mark Summers in follow up to that about what he thought of this, and here's Mark Summers' official reply on oh, Twitter. Really? Best time ever. Really? So fun. Bobby was a good friend. He and Gorilla were both brilliant. My favorite episode. Aww! How nice is that? Ah, even if it had a schmoz at the end. Yeah, huh? see? Huh. So, no, Mark Summers gentleman, by the way. I mean, Seems by, like a great guy. He, seriously, yeah. he really does, and a great host, and man... Double Dare really was fun, wasn't it? It was it's just, just a fun show. I don't know. Like, they don't make them like they used to. Like, this is certainly like, not. This is some like people screwing around, like making thinking of new ideas for TV shows like in the 80s. Just what can we do? We have all this money. You know? It's like, <laughs> like, let's how do we make it the most fun it could possibly be? Right. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, this feels like summer camp or something. And it had a long run. Seven years of the original. I mean, there was Double Dare 2000, which wasn't very good. And then there was also the, the more recent one. But seven years as a Nickelodeon game show is fucking long. What oh, would yeah. you do was on for, what, two years? A lot of those. Oh, yeah. But they reran it forever. Yeah, so they reran it. As a kid, you didn't know it wasn't new. But as far as first run, barely, like a lot of them are a season or two. A lot of Nickelodeon shows yeah. in general are like a season Even or two. Nicktoons didn't go yeah. that long. Yeah. But man, was this a good one. And uh, it was about time we finally reviewed mm. this one. That'll call it a season, right, Quinn? That's, That's it. it. We're, we're done. We're, we're all done. Well, guys, thank you so much for being with us here on... Oh, what's crap. that? I'll go get the door. Come on, really now? <sighs> we're just ending here. Hey, Quinn, there's nobody here. What? There's a tape, though. Hang oh, on. Oh, not this again. Someone left the videotape. I'm oh, coming boy. back up. He's really stompy. <sighs> okay, let's put it in. What do we have here? <laughs> what could this that. even be? Yeah. Good lord. What? Hey, Joe and Quinn, it's your old pal Mark Summers, and what? what would you do if I said, I understand you guys have broken your own rules? Own rules? What? What is that? I'm going to have to call foul on that. What? And what? we have um, a special physical challenge for you. Three hours of Dino Bravo matches. The Dino Bravo. Oh, oh, no. Have fun. Oh, God, no. Where's the remote? Hey, oh, turn this off. Turn it off, please. please. Oh, own rule. Oh, Quinn, the voting. Oh, no. Who tipped off Mark Summers about the How voting? How does he know about these things? <laughs> oh, come on. He must be a listener. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to undo our uh, decision we made. I don't know. We'll leave it up to you guys. But thank you guys so much for being with us here for what has been another fun season of our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Remember, next week we're on a break. We got a special break episode for you. And we're back in two weeks for episode 211 of OVP, kicking off a new season. Until then, thank you guys so much for your support. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Shoot us an email, ovppodcastgmail.com. Join the group and join Patreon if you want to. Pay-per-view reviews for just five bucks a month. But until next time, until next season, thank you guys so much. I'm Joe Morata. That's Michael Quinn. And we're out of here. See ya.
What is that called? A, a suit. No. Lapels? Collar? Cummerbund? Uh, jacket? No, tie? It's what you wear in the winter. Why can't Parka? I re- no, no. Um, Overcoat? Uh, around your neck. Scarf? A scarf. Yeah, Let it's an obscure that. word, yeah, Quinn. I no, know. keep it in. I'm not editing anything out. It's fine. He has a scarf on. He, this is funny. He has a scarf. No, <laughs> we have to edit this. I can't not edit this. Can those. I put it in the blooper reel? Yeah, put it in the blooper okay. reel. Now, I will... Sorry. Lost my train of thought. Now, I will... Nope. <laughs> now I will do not, things. <laughs> now I will. Um, I am good. I am good. Sorry, live feed people. I need my seltzer. <laughs> I forgot Quinn's customary seltzer. Been a bad boy. Which? How very nice of them to. There's a DOA driving by. They heard us. And then they want to leave. Custom time motorcycles. Anyway. The definitive certified organic bad pains or. The definitive. Whoops. Definitive bad kind or date. Gotta redo it. Alright. So this one, Quinn, was suggested by Jay... <laughs> what? Paliaro? Hang on, I'm trying Palero. to... Palero? Do we have, like, Google, like, translate where, where they can give you the vocal... Uh, Palio... Palero... Palariaro. Paliaro. 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 Okay. He's a pal. It's basically where we... Oh my god, my train of thought. Boom, 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 boom. I like to leave I, that off. I like to play. <laughs> hang on. Paper. Paper view. Paper view. All right, hang on. Watch the wrestling on paper. That's great. Uh, but this... This. <laughs> this. What is this I can't intro? talk. I don't know what happens sometimes. Well, anyway, this one, Quinn, was... Fucking, I don't have no idea who's so, who. <laughs> I'm not ready for this at all. Hang on. <laughs> what? What? what well, happened? well, the good thing is, is it'll pad out the blooper reel. Usually, I'm the guy that's not ready for anything. You see, I'm on the I'm other on the side, other of, side it of it now. Of it now. now. now.